Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotic. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Marklin and I create the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit TheReptileReport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is it's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our buy it now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad. It also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buy and selling? Use shipyourreptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder. Then visit ShipYourReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related. Welcome, everybody, back to a new season of Morelia Python Radio. Here we are at episode 228. We're back from our holiday break, and I don't know about Owen, but I'm ready to go. Pumped up, ready to. Passion is flowing. What do you think, Owen? How are you doing? Shmeh. 
I'm sorry. I mean, I'm uh, totally pumped, and uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I broke it all down, didn't I? But yeah. uh, it, <laughs> I, I, as much as we enjoy our break, it's really good to be back. I, I like being back. I like doing this. I don't know what to do with my Tuesday nights without you people. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, this break seemed really, really long it to me. I don't did. know. It was, it was like after Christmas, everything just kind of dragged, and it was, yeah. So, and I guess the weather started turning cold all of a sudden too. So that might be weighing in on it. But uh, like you said, it's we're 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 back now, so we're good now. You know, no yeah. more weeks without us. So. <laughs> yeah, everybody must be going through uh, withdrawal, I'm supposing. But uh, no worries, because uh, we're going to ease back into it tonight. Uh, we've got to talk about some of the things that have been going on since we went away. And then in a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, we're going to be joined by Dave Pearson uh, to talk about a topic that comes up a lot. And uh, I've seen this <laughs> pop up a couple times over the uh, over the holiday break. Uh, but the question of what is my carpet python that you see um, newbies posting up uh, from from time to time, and uh, what brought Dave to mind with this particular topic was he did a uh, an article called uh, "Carpet Python for Dummies," um, mm-hmm. and basically uh, it just talks about um, you know we're going to break down some of the uh, I guess those questions that come up. Um, I think with the influx of of more people coming into uh, into um, the carpet python world, uh, you're going to see this more and more. So, uh, what better to start the new year off with uh, the topic of what is my carpet python? Because it can be quite confusing. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> when I first got into carpets and I went to MP, uh, you know, you got uh, species, subspecies, um, you have locality. Uh, localities you have morphs yeah. and you have uh you know um uh different uh lines and there's bloodlines and you know all these different things so we're going to try to break that down uh for everybody and uh yeah. why if you don't know the lineage uh or at least who bred the animal uh, why it can be difficult if probably Impossible. Impossible. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what you're dealing with, and not that that's a bad thing. You know, it's if somebody wants a pet carpet python, there's nothing wrong with, you know, not knowing it. But uh, you go to right. uh, play Morelia pick of the week and post up that dread question, "What is my carpet python?" And there you go. You yeah, know. and it's better to kind of know before you do a post that can kind of be construed as a little bit embarrassing, with like the people who are like, "This is my pure." Jaguar pi- carpet. This is my pure Jaguar python with perhaps a little bit carpet python in it. And you're like, wait a minute, your post made no sense. You just said it was a pure Jaguar python with a little bit of carpet python in it. It, please sit down. So it's like that. You can kind of avoid some of that stuff just by kind of doing a little bit of research on your own. So, but if it's and also never take somebody at their word for it if you buy it second hand from somebody saying it's from that breeder nine times out of ten that's not true so yeah yeah it can be uh it can be quite um it can be quite it's a little bit of a minefield <laughs> yeah if you don't know uh what's what's going on so hopefully uh we can break down and uh you know then then 
then the podcast is there. So if people have the question, now you can direct them to the podcast and, and they can listen to it and hopefully get straightened out on it. But, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess uh, you know we're gonna wait for Dave to uh, call in, which might not be until until about an hour from now. But that's fine because we've got some stuff that we're gonna hit on as well. Right, we got, we got stuff, time to kill and stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, um, and um, go ahead. I mean, if you are if you're out there and you're listening live, uh, go over to the Facebook um, thread that we have. The discussions going on over there is is always live every time we're on air on Tuesdays. If you are not on the Facebook chat and want to be, just go ahead and message myself or Eric. We'll add you to it. A lot of times, pictures that we talk about uh, will be posted over there live. Anything else we will discuss will be posted up on Moralia Python Radio Facebook page after the show has aired. So, there you go. I have my disclaimer. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Um, What's that say? Oh, uh, we... uh, we had um, the all of the calendars were mailed out, and I think um, there is in that second batch that we got. So people should be getting them any day now. I would I would imagine. Uh, and if I take away the five for us, I think I have three left. Three left. Okay. So three left. If somebody uh, wants one of them. They turned out pretty cool. Owen isn't even hasn't even seen. I don't it even yet, have so. mine yet. You people <laughs> have yours. I'm not five minutes away anymore. I have to like make special time or something to go get it. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll have, we'll have to take a trip at some point. But um, yeah. So here we are. We're we're located on the uh, east coast of the U.S. and. Mm-hmm. This weather, man. What the hell? You so, suck. <laughs> here's my question. Um, the question came through on Morelia Pick of the Week when we were on on the vacation, and uh, it came from mm-hmm. Andy Simmons. And uh, if you don't remember who Andy is, he's the guy that brought the lobsters to Carpet Fest. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Now Andy's and, uh, all the way. He's all the way up in like Maine he's or Maine. Yeah. Yeah, so he's all the way up there. I mean, so he could be like, I'm Eastern Seaport, but he is like Northeast. So I don't know what the weather's been going on for him up there, but gosh. I, I think it's basically the same know. problems that we're having here. Maybe not. Right. Maybe it's a little colder that, up that there. That's extreme, but, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but he was basically wondering uh, if he should keep his temps down because of the warm weather. And this is a question that, uh, you know, I was going to talk about. One, first, how's your season going? And two, you know, what have you done uh, about this crazy weather? I mean, it seems like it's, I don't know, it's going to hurt. Well, I I, I, I want to say that it, there's always the potential it could mess up everything. Um, but New Year's uh, Day, I got a clutch of corn snakes. So um uh <laughs> okay. something something's going right. I don't I don't know what I'm doing, but eggs appear. So um now my corn snakes are probably so freaking confused because of the weather and the temps that I mean they must have been breeding, you know, in, in like October, November and I missed it. So um or they started breeding the second they got together because those eggs just appeared. So I have them. 
and I've been seeing locks out of the carpet pythons, and it is just from two of my males, though. Uh, it's from my caramel jag, and it's from my red tiger jag. Um, they've been locking with their same females, and both females that they've been locking with are proven females. I can't okay. get... Um, I can't get my proven male red jag to breed. I can't get several of my other uh, carpet pythons to breed at all. They're not. Uh, there are a few that are completely don't want anything to do with each other, but then there are some that are just kind of canoodling. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm missing locks or what's going on. Um, and I haven't had any or seen any success or any locks out of any of the liasses or the boas. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on with there. And the bread lie aren't even together. They're still in cool down. So I don't know. It It is insanely early in the season. I mean, I was talking to Jason uh, Balin over break uh, at one of the, the Habit of Grace shows. And he was saying that it's it's still insanely early. I mean, I've gotten eggs from my carpet pythons in like August and September. So that means they weren't breeding until like June, July. So it is insanely early. So I don't want anybody to go out there and freak out because some people are getting locks. You know, every animal's different. Every pair's different. Um, but yeah, so far well, we're doing okay. Well, what makes me nervous for me in particular is so that everybody understands yeah. what's going on in the East Coast is that, uh, what was it, a week ago? Or two weeks ago, was, we had 70 degrees. Yeah. And yeah. today, it's and negative we have, two. <laughs> yeah. And this weekend, it will be 40. So, it's kind of all over the map. Yeah. So, now, where you can kind of cheat that is you have the control over your room temps, per se, when it yeah. comes with, you know, your your computers and your heat panels or heat tapes or rack systems or whatever, but... You're exactly correct. We're not getting, I mean, this time last year, I think we had two feet of snow on the ground, and it was freezing cold. So, Well, yeah, that was the one thing that I was going to say is that I noticed, if, well, uh, you know, because of the business I am, you, I'm in in my, you know, day job, you have to look at the year before. And yeah. uh, last year, you know, when I was doing the budget for the quarter that we're in, you know, last year there was a tremendous amount of snow uh, on the East yeah. Coast. Um, you know, and we haven't really had a whole lot of precipitation. So I don't know if, you know, the fronts that are moving in are, are, are you know, because they're not coming in, maybe we're not seeing it. So here's how my thing has gone so far. You know, mm-hmm. I, I held off later. Typically I start at November, but because yeah. it really didn't cool down outside, I didn't think that I would be able to take my room down as cold. You know, I was turning off all heat at night, and maybe it went down to 78 degrees, you know. Right. Uh, which is, in my experience, is not cold enough for carpet pythons. Um, you may be able to squeak by with IJs with that, but mm-hmm. for, you know, the, the other subspecies, I, you know, I don't think you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna be successful. At least I haven't. Um so uh once I towards the end of November um the temperature started started to really come down so I figured okay it was a safe time to to start dropping my temperatures um which then you saw my room come down to maybe 
I don't know, you know, at the beginning of it, it was 75. And now, even at mm-hmm. night, I'm getting my room down to 70 degrees, which is the target temperature that I shoot for. Um, right. But I put the animals together. And, and they're staring at, at the, each other. No, at the <laughs> beginning, they were locking like crazy. And now I don't yeah. see any action. So what I'm afraid of is typically when I start to warm back up, you know, it's going to be it's going to be cold. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, do you keep mm-hmm. them down in that cold for longer um, and then just bring them up when the weather starts to come up? Or, you know, I don't know. It's, it's it, definitely going to be a season to... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a season uh, to try your uh, your knowledge, I guess, you know, watching your yeah. snakes figure it out. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I wouldn't be surprised if we have a bunch of late clutches this year out of the Eastern Seaport. I mean, that's just sometimes how it happens where, you know, I'll try to warm them up, but if they're not going to breed, they're not going to breed, and then they start breeding later on, that might be it. So, you know, it just it, it kind of is we just might end up seeing a bunch of late clutches. Yeah. Um, my concern would be is if a female was breeding because she was ovulating and now she's going to drop down to be colder, are we going to lose a bunch of clutches as well? Right, that's what I was. Yeah, so it, here's it, my. It's a crapshoot, you know. It, 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 you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. You can find a way that something could go wrong, no matter what you do. So. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I it. Well, I have a couple thoughts. Like one, I think mm. that the IJs are going to be difficult to breed. I mean, I've saw, I've seen, a locks from my tiger and poison ivy pairing, but the. Um, you know, the PC and the uh, M-Pen, I got nothing. I, uh, I, wish I, could, I wish I could comment on this, but I can just tell you I've not seen any action out of my granite, IJ, and it is just like the last four years where I have not seen any action out of my granite, IJ. So, But here's here's my thought, though. He's acting normal? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I'm thinking <laughs> that maybe the the reason why you had difficulty with the IJs is because typically yeah. with IJs. Yeah. So if I started cooling down, say in October, yeah. you know, um, October, you know, you, you we would be on the trend, you know, upwards at this point. Upwards, um, right? So maybe the reason that you were missing is because typically you cool down later than what I, I cool down. Yeah. So maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe that you right. can breathe. <laughs> no. Well, actually, I'm, 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 I'm cheating, and I'm throwing my IJ in with a coastal, because I'm like, do it! Half of you were successful all the time for me. So it's like, it, it's like I'm cheating. It's like, this isn't even, I don't care. Make the granite, make the Jags head granite. Don't care. I don't care. I'm getting this thing to breed if it kills me. So. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but as far so, as the liasses, I, I keep hearing that they are spring breeders, so I'm not even freaking out about that. But, of course, I keep my eye peeled on Facebook and a few other places, and some people are getting not locks, but, like, interest and action maybe out of their Maclots and their Liasis. But then, uh, what is it, Brett from Red Hood Exotics or Red Hooded Reptiles, uh-huh. he had he had Fuscus eggs in December. So when the hell do these things breed? So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so... All I did is I put everybody together. I'm like, if you like breeding, breed. If you don't, I'll deal with you in summer. So 
So it's like, there we go. Everybody just make babies and I'll be happy. So it, it, it's it's a real big crapshoot. But uh, if I'm getting locks, then I'm doing something right. It's all yeah. going to just either be, you're either, we're not going to know how bad it is until eggs. We really aren't. And I mean, like, we might have low low clutch count. We might have uh, a, a, a big amount of slugs this year. We might have a big amount of reabsorptions this year. We're not going to know until we get through it. And if it does turn out to be a shitty year, I'm going to be pissed. But um, <laughs> these things happen. It's, it's one of the things you have to deal with when you breed snakes is you're not going to have a perfect season every year. Um, I'm pissed because this is supposed to be my good year because I moved last year. So, you know, it's one of those things. So hopefully everything turns out okay. Yeah. Wow. Look at you, Mr. Uh, You know, look at the uh, right side of things. (laughs) I I did a lot of growing up these past two weeks that we were off. Wow. (laughs) Usually usually you're the guy that's freaking out right now. Am I going to get out of here? I am almost I am almost thirty, so you know. Oh, there you go. Good there point. Go. <laughs> oh, trust me, I'm freaking out, but I'm doing that behind the scenes now. I just uh. <laughs> I'll wait till we're off air to sit in my snake room and weep. So it's when I come to drop off the calendar, you're gonna be freaking out. There no eggs. Yeah. It's uh, uh, no no no. no. Sorry, I have I have corn snake eggs. I'm already successful. My season has peaked already. I have corn snake eggs. God damn, didn't even try. Uh, nice. Yeah, we, uh, um, I guess the thing of it is that you just really have to pay attention to your to your animals and, and try really to figure do. out what you do, you know? So, uh, I don't know, push on and see what happens. Um, it, it, it's one of those things where you kind of got to keep an eye on your animals even more so because it is breeding season. And the animals are going to tell you what's going on. I, I tried to introduce a young male into a female's cage, and it did not go well. Um, he, like, perched on a cable up at the top of the, like, one of those, like, it, it cords that goes from the panel to outside the cage. He perched uh-huh. on it like a chondro and would not come down. So it's like you got to pay attention to those things, because if I wasn't paying attention, you would probably get stressed out and, sick and whatever so yeah no go on that boy this year so we're just gonna have to take a look at your females you know keep it keep track of your animals don't it this is not a year for push button breeding which sucks but hey this is what you all signed up for so yeah i i i think that there's a you know i think that we have this idea that there's like this one thing that gets carp or just I guess reptiles to breed in general, yeah. and um, you know when it comes to pythons, I think that there's maybe you know uh, uh, five things, and maybe you have to have three of those things in order to be successful. It doesn't necessarily have it could be any of those three things out of the five, but at least three of those things have to happen in order for them to feel like you know it's okay to breed or or the season. Because I mean they're not incredibly smart animals, so they're kind of going mm-hmm. off instinct. So you just have yeah. to figure out how to manipulate it, you know? So. Yeah. Yep. So uh, one cool thing that um, uh, actually came in the mail today as a surprise to me was this uh, book 
uh, that uh, apparently, I guess it came out a couple years, well, maybe years ago, but it was written in German. And it's called uh, Carpet Pythons, Morelia Breadline, Morelia Coronata, and the Morelia Spilota Complex. And it was written by Mark Mentz. Um, wait, wait. You, you just said Carpet Python, and you named Morelia Breadline, Morelia Coronata, and then Morelia Spilota? So is it Carpet Python and those, or are they all grouping those under Carpet Python? No, no, no. It's it's kind of like the complete Carpet Python. They oh, thank of, God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> Throw that book out now, right? <laughs> you burn it. <laughs> We're not doing um, this again. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, from the surface of it, it looks pretty cool. Um, one of the things yeah. that I do like in here, but when you go and you look at some of the, uh, like, as I was flipping through, um, they talk about some of the morphs and such, and the grand yep. carpet python, um, they sort of talk about uh, maybe the little bit of history behind it, um, which I always find, uh, you know, pretty cool that's uh, always cool stuff yeah i i, I kind of geek out about that kind of stuff but um there's there's definitely some cool stuff a lot of wild caught uh i mean wild type uh carpets which i always dig there's this one picture where these um uh these inlands are are breeding um well actually they're it's a uh, male combat and the snake mm-hmm. let me see if i can take a picture of it and the snake is actually biting the other snake. Ow. I, I, I've never seen um, – so let me see if I can take a picture of it. I've never seen a thing like that to where that happens. Of course, I have. Have you? <laughs> yeah, in, in White Lips where they just they just go at each other crazy. Yeah. I'll post it up in the, uh, in the chat there. But, yeah, uh, and we'll post it up on the Facebook page. So. Chat send. There we go. Okay. Hooray! <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, it looks like a pretty cool book. It's uh, it's you know, anything carpet python related for me is good to go. But um, there's uh, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and then they throw the rough scale in there. It's funny how the rough scale always gets uh, sort of put in there with uh, you know. With the carpet python, but there's there's not enough on them to write their own books, so they just heave them in with Morelia. You know, <laughs> I, I I I would say that the best thing would be, in my opinion, that if you're going to write a green tree python book, uh, I would say that we should go over there. But then, of course, mine never act like green tree python, so I don't even know where the hell to put mine. So, um, yeah, whatever. They're close enough um, to chuck them over there until. Somebody with nomenclature gets a hold of them and I don't know spins about the semolina or something. So, I think my opinion is is what they'll do is at some point they'll separate chondros out of Morelia, and they will separate the rough scales with the chondros. With the chondros, I yeah. will I will agree. I will yeah. agree to that. So I think that uh, well they've already sort of done it with scrubs and bolins. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure how Owen Pelly's fits into that because it kind of looks like a scrub and <laughs> a children's python crossed, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 that was pretty cool that uh, uh, we saw that picture of the, uh, uh, I don't know if you caught it, I posted it over on our page, but the uh, Gavin Bedford put up the uh, picture of the Owen Pelly's. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was pretty it, neat. Those animals look so cool because they have such a weird looking kind of a snout thing. 
and those big Morelia kind of, or semolina, whatever, head muscles that come with Aussie pythons. So it's got this yeah. thin snout, huge freaking head muscles. And I'm like, it it looks like an arrow pretty much, and that's just awesome. So yeah. those will be cool. And, and I know we were discussing earlier before the show how they'll probably be one of those animals that will be here. Everyone will lose their mind over them. And then in like 10 years after they get here, no one will care. So it's uh, it's one of those things. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like uh, it's one of the things that I was thinking about over the break was um, you know space and whatnot. And uh, you know, as my animals are are growing into adulthood, um, space becomes more of a necessity. And, yeah. You know, what do you cut and what do you don't cut? You know, and it's kind of like well. I know I'm not cutting carpets out, so <laughs> <laughs> if you if you cut carpets out, you call me, I will be down there with a bin and um I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what I'm taking. So um yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Everybody will just kinda pull together for the ride home. But it's it's one of the things of like obviously you don't cut your core species because you and I were talking about earlier because I'm getting rid of my Amazon tree boas. Because that was a fun experiment that I hated and don't want to do it anymore. And we're down to one pair of the Dominican red mountain boas. And if they don't breed this year, they might be going. It's cause Eventually you start looking around and you realize how many cage spaces you have open, what you want to get into. Also, what do you have growing up? Because you're going to start running out of rack space. And once you start running out of rack space, you're going to bump everybody up the cages and then you're out. And then you're screwed. Yeah. Then you're done. And then it's, then you're talking about getting rid of adult animals, where some adult animals you can get rid of. Like, uh, I know you and I talked a few years ago about your redundancy, where you had a zebra jag and a caramel zebra jag, and then, like, a super caramel zebra jag. And then it was yeah. like, okay, get rid of the zebra jag, because you got what he brings to the table, everybody else does. So yeah. it, it kind of goes with that thing. You can make those decisions. But then you don't want to screw it up because it's like um, Jason and I were gonna uh, we're gonna do a breeding loan this year with one of his tiger males, and uh-huh. he, the tiger male hasn't come here yet because Jason is using a new boy, and you don't want to ditch the old, you know, switch hitting like you know get in there and we'll breed with a piece of rope male until the male that will replace him is good to go and has a, a season or two under his belt. Because yeah. that's one of the big mistakes I see a lot of people do, where it's like, okay, my super caramel jag is ready to roll. Get rid of the caramel jag. And then the super caramel jag doesn't want to breed that year. And you've lost your male that would have bred everybody. So it's one of those things you kind of got to watch. But you're right. it You can only make the room so big. And either you move and get a whole new room and fill that up, which – happens way quicker than you expect, believe me. And or you start thinning out the collection. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's you know, I don't know, and, and it leads us into uh into the the couple things that we're going to hit on, but the more and more mm-hmm. things I see popping up, I mean, it seems like especially in Australia that, you know, there's all these different morphs or, you know, possible morphs that uh that those guys are working with that uh um, yeah. you know you know me and i i guess it comes down to this 
if I could keep a carpet python, or, you know, I was talking about the Maclots, and I know how you're such a, a fan of yeah, Maclots. I was, I said, I, am. I was talking to Rob Stone earlier, and I was like, you know, I'm probably just going to give my Maclots to Owen because, you know, that's two spaces that I need. And at least I know where they're going to be if, you know, if I yeah. ever decide, like, uh, yeah, maybe I will get back in the Maclots python yeah. or something. If you know I'm what I mean? If I'm successful, I'll just give you a pair back. That's how it works. <laughs> So, right. Yeah. And the and the right. female is such a nice looking animal. I would hate to, you know what I mean. I want somebody that's really going to appreciate the uh, yeah the actual thing. But a couple things I saw like there was this possible brettle morph. Uh, I'm saying that yes. wrong. Yes. Um, and this was by uh, Jez Stevens. Uh, he bred this male. He got a clutch of 25 eggs. Um, and it's not it's not proven or anything, but. I'll tell you what, man. This thing is like a patternless centralian python. I mean, it, it, it's it is pretty much patternless with a few flakes of black for the and it's red from the top half, and then like yeah, all bread light fades to black, but there's no pattern. So it just goes from red with barely any pattern with a few flecks to black, and it's killer looking. I don't know why I like it so much, but I do. But, <laughs> yeah. It kind of has uh, kind of has a cool look to it, you know. Imagine putting yeah. hypo into that or something oh, like that. Oh my god, know? yes. You know, yeah. so I I don't know. I That's thought that was so cool. cool. Hopefully that'll yeah. prove out. Apparently there's um, this, uh, you know, there's a female out there as well. So um, I've heard about these black bread lies, what they were calling it, uh, a few times have popped up, but uh, now there's you know seeing if what it is. Um, yeah, you guys need a better name, though. Calling it a black bread lie, it, it doesn't do much for me. Think of something else. So um, we'll wait when you guys come up with a better name. So. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's another topic. But um, then there was the, uh, you know, remember the uh, crazy-looking pied diamond python that yes. uh, <laughs> Michael up in Canada, he uh, he had this pop out of the reduced pattern um uh, yeah, the clutch did, he had. He, he did he breed reduced to reduced, and that's where this thing came out of. Um, yeah, um, I think no, I don't think he's done reduced no. to reduced yet. Okay, because it was I was just talking talk, pattern clutch. Gotcha. Yeah, I was talking to him over the break, and um, basically he was talking. Uh, I think he has thirteen reduced pattern diamonds. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> He, he I would like them. one, maybe. <laughs> he, produced, he produced them, and uh, you know he was, he was growing them up. But uh, this crazy-looking pied thing—I'm sure people saw it over on Pick of the Week. He, he kind of, uh, he kind of yeah. posted it up. Let me see if I have a picture of that as well. I think I, 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 I dig that it, it actually has some like white, like triangles, like spots of white mixed in with these kind of like crazy patternless pattern and then the reduced pattern it looks it looks like a like you know it looks like a freaking picasso painting but it's like it it it's it's everywhere all at once and i can't wait for this thing to have the colors develop um yeah that's just an awesome looking animal i hope to god it's genetic and you're looking at something that could be kind of line bred or something kind of cool because diamonds themselves i mean my female just shed and i i I fall in love with her every freaking time I see her. So it's like, 
having an animal that looks like that with the colors that I know diamonds can have would be insane to me. So, again, if this thing hatched for me, though, I would probably just quick sell it because I'd be afraid I'd kill it. And it'd be like the last <laughs> of kind, and nobody would ever get this morph thanks to Owen. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be calling Nick much- and be like, something weird hatched. Please take it from me. So Too much pressure. Yeah. See. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then yesterday, um, uh, Wayne Wayne Larks from uh, Morelia Magic, um, he hatched out this crazy looking. Uh, I, uh, is it leucistic? Is it pot? I, I don't know, man. It's, I mean, it looks like it is a leucistic with patches of jag, but the jag pigments never came in. So it looks like it's like a. It just looks like a white and black spotted snake, but those are those look like jag saddles to me. The head pattern looks like it's trying to be a jag in the part that's patterned. Um, unfortunately, the little bugger when it did come out of the egg, I think it only survived for about 24 hours. You can tell the head doesn't look right, and the rest of them kind of looks a little kooky. Um, not to mention the coloration. I believe. Nick already weighed in on this little guy. I think he said mosaic or something like that. Um, yeah. I kind of glanced it over a little bit. I was kind of, we had a busy day. But, um, yeah, it, it's really cool. I really dig these animals. I wish to God they would survive. But it's almost like now it was a jag-to-jag pairing, correct? No. Or, no. It was a jag okay. to, to, a, to a normal. Jag to a normal. Okay. So, interesting. I right. don't know what the hell that means. So, um, so if you remember Nick talking about, like, sometimes um, there's, like, everybody, I'm going to butcher this, I know it. But basically when you're looking at, um, so if you take the Jag gene, and the Jag gene, there's yeah. two... There's, you have to have, uh, what would it be? Two, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Two of the genes, and not that you have to get the a gene, uh, the gene from the Allele. mother and the fa- two alleles. Or, that's it. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Right? Yeah, I don't know. So you have to get if you have one of them. I went to school for this. So yeah, I know. If you yes. have one of them, so, you're gonna have a jag. If you have two yeah. of them, you're gonna have a, you're have a dead baby. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. so are these combined twins or kind of like the, the chimera stuff we've heard about where one baby got a double dose of the Jag gene and the other one did not? Could be. You know. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but sometimes the, the they were saying, you know, Nick was saying about sometimes that the it leaves the the uh, the allele off, you know, like they don't mm. get nothing from the mother or they get nothing from the father or whatever so they only get one copy of the gene yeah that's what it would be it would be a copy of the gene um, okay not a leo i butchered that but, i don't know, you know they and, get two copies of the gene terms. right <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know i i don't know man it, but you know what's what's weird is that i don't know maybe it's me maybe it's just more people are breeding them but it seems like this is popping up an awful lot it, this isn't the the first time we've seen this, and I mean we had the one up in Canada 
that didn't survive. And Wayne himself hatched that one. I don't think it was. Was it last year? The one that was like kind of like pied looking. That was a couple years ago. Yeah, he's got that one. That one's still going strong. I mean, he just posted up a picture of him or it. So I'm not sure what's going on with that, but it looks like it does keep happening. So I do understand the theory of if we keep breeding these things, are we going to start maybe get one that survives when it comes to this stuff? And you could get one that potentially does survive, but is it going to be breedable is my next question. Um, and can you pass those genes on to further offspring? I don't know. Um, yeah, that's that's the kicker. That's what that's what a lot of people don't seem to take the next step on is that everybody says like, okay, eventually we'll produce one that's alive. Congratulations. Now what? <laughs> we got it to live. <laughs> so we got one yeah. that's alive. And I'm saying that now. Now I've, I've said it a million times that if you breed Jag the Jag, you will not get a living leucistic. Congrat. Never going to happen. That's a dead end there. But it does not say that somewhere along the breedings of a jag to normal, you won't get a mutant like this little guy that could potentially stay alive. But now can he pass on all his information that makes him look that freaky to future offspring? Or can he even breed in the first place? I mean, uh, Nick said that a few times where he's had some animals that, you know, you'd say he had that one granite, IJ that on the outside looked like a granite, but in actuality was like only a het granite or something like that. Like it didn't get the gene from the mom. So it looked like a granite, but in actuality, the only thing it could possibly be is a het. Uh, Didn't he tell us that story once or something along those lines? Yeah. Yeah. So for all you know, it could be something like that. This thing could look freaking awesome, but act just like a Jack and all its babies look Jack's. So, who knows? Who knows? I would love to see these things live, and I would love to see where we can go on with this. So, more power to Wayne. Keep breeding. Keep doing what you're doing, and hopefully you get something freakier next year. Because it's like several years in a row, Wayne just keeps popping up freaky thing after freaky thing. I mean, I don't know what's going on in the water at his place, (laughs) but apparently he needs to bottle it and ship it to the rest of us. Yeah, He's, he's, his collection is pretty awesome. Um, that's yeah. for sure. So yeah. <clears throat> we're going to have um, uh, Dave will be calling in in, in a little bit. But um, one of the things that uh, I wanted to uh, start doing on a weekly thing is um, basically I wanted to do a little segment of something that me and Owen, each of us pick a subject each week that you can't get out of your mind, something that you saw that – you know, you're like, oh man, this has just been—I've been thinking about it all week. And uh, <laughs> for me, <laughs> for me, um, there's this um, coastal carpet um, that uh, the K brothers have, and mm-hmm. I, I've been eyeing this thing up for for years. Uh, I remember the couple years ago they did YouTube video about it. We talked to him when he was on the show about it. But uh, <laughs> basically, it's uh, it's a uh, a possible aneurysmic uh carpet python which basically means that it has no red um i don't know if you've ever seen this thing but i'll post a picture up um let's see uh where is it at here it is they posted a picture up the other day and um one of the things that i was thinking about is 
if this does turn out to be oh, and are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. Oh, okay. It got awful quiet. Yeah. Um I'm I'm listening to you. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Should I interrupt you every five minutes? <laughs> no, Jesus no, no. Christ. No, no. no, very good. <laughs> um <laughs> so if if in theory, let's just say for sake of argument that they go ahead and they prove this this guy out and it becomes aneurysmistic, which again mm-hmm. so that means no red, um what will happen to the names like Ghost, Snow, Moonglow? Um, you know, because I think of uh, if you look at uh, ball pythons are an example that I can use is that back in the day they had an orange ghost, which was basically mm-hmm. a hypo animal, but they had this thing called an orange ghost, and uh, then they had these other things called true ghost, and a true ghost was basically, uh, you know, an exanic and a hypo, um, which can be confusing if you really don't know what's going on. So yeah. mm. the thing that I wondered is why we don't use, like, an albino is an albino, um, regardless of what species it is. You know, it may be a right. different strain or a different type, but albino is albino. So... What is going to happen when we start mixing that into things? Because basically right now you're looking at um, combos that involve the caramel gene. And if you look at a hypo, that means that it's reduce, reducing the black. Caramels, unless you're looking at supers, you can still have animals that have a lot of black. You can. Yeah. yeah. So what would... You know, okay, so I'm going to use boa as an example. So a, a ghost and a boa um, is an annuary and a hypo, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. what happens to the ghosts that have caramel in it? So it's basically See, caramel and exanic. But yeah. we still have at some point the hypo gene. And let's just say for sake of argument that... Um, it's already here and we all know about it, but go on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) well, no, 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 Uh, that, that this proves out. And then we have an annuary carpet. So you have the hypo, which is the black, (laughs) and then you have the annuary, which is, takes out the red. So now you have a true ghost, but then you have this other ghost over here. Same with the snow. You know, you have an annuary and an albino is what makes a snow and boas. But I believe that makes a snow and corn snakes as well. Right. I don't freaking know. I just breed them. I don't, ah. don't know. No. Don't you give me that. I don't know what the hell is going on with those animals. Anyway. Okay. So an annuary and an albino uh, makes a snow, but right now. I should us, write that down. Uh, yeah. Is it, so. is it exanic and an albino? So is the snow going to be whiter? Would it be well, whiter? It, you probably it might it's going to look different. I mean, I, I refuse to believe that they're going to come out looking the same. It's not going to happen that way. And right. and we we've, we've had this discussion before, you and I, when it comes to the caramel and the hypo, because eventually we all assume that the hypos will take the caramel's place, and you'll still have the same animals. And that's why with certain people, when I talk about pairings that I'm doing, I, I'm talking about exantic caramels. I, I refuse to call them ghosts. Because I imagine in a few years, I'll have the opportunity to get hypos, and then I can make true ghosts. And I don't want to have to sit here and say ghosts and true ghosts. It's stupid. So it's yeah. one of those things of like, 
now you might have the opportunity to have ghosts, true ghosts, and just kidding, these are the true ghosts. So it's almost like you got to pump the brakes here a little bit and start trying to figure out what to call certain animals that get you close to it, but it's not the exact definition of what would make a ghost in other animals. Now, what makes ghosts in different species and, and snow and, you know, all that other crap, it, it's what you just said. It's like, this is what makes it in boa. This is what makes it in corn snake. Now, do we just, because these animals were produced first, do we call what's out now snow and then think of a different name for whatever's coming out that is actually going to be a true snow? Maybe. I mean, maybe you make it a, a snow type two or something like that. Or Stop, that, you know, the, the, type, the type two crap is too annoying. Call that one I, a snow and call that one a blizzard, and we're done. So, well, it, it's funny. I was talking to Rob earlier, and he was telling me about that. Like, I never knew that a blizzard is they use this type two annuary. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes a blizzard, and that he believes that that could be annuary and exantic. So yeah. then we started talking and uh, and it started to believe that, you know, is, well, it's not separate out in that, uh, that blizzard. It's sort of, uh, it takes the yellow out and takes the red out. So right. taking this a little farther and thinking about selective breeding as far as morphs go, um, oh, is it possible <laughs> to make a, a whiter snow carpet where you're pretty much taking out the pattern, similar to what you see in a blizzard, if you combine annuary albino, and exantic, because you'd basically yes. be taking out the black, the yellow, and the red, right? Yes. Yep. 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 So Lineage could now it, become so freaking important, it's ridiculous. So, no kidding. Yeah. One of those things of, like, you, you it's going to be like, it, it, and I hate to do it, but it's almost like you sit there and you go with ball python. And I've discussed this with Andrew and a few other people at length who know a lot about the ball python genetics. And it's like, do you know that there are, like, eight different ways to get to an all-white ball python with this color eyes? I'm like, really? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, you breed this with this, you have that, 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 and you still end up here. So, and I'm like, but, and that's what it is. Regardless of where it came from, this is what it is. So are you going to paint a big brush and say that everything that looks like this is called this? That kind of doesn't work with carpet python, in my opinion. You know, it's... It's it would be kind of difficult. So I, I, I to say that I don't know. It's almost like it'd be a little hard to try to figure out. And um, it's I almost think like new names would have to come into play so that we could tell what's what. You got to know what is in the animal, and the best way to do that is to know what by by the name. So that's the you know. Uh, ghost, but what's in a ghost right now is an exanic and a caramel. So when we start breeding hypos to exanic, do we call it something different? Now uh, it's almost like you have to, so you know that there's that this is what's in this and this is what's in that. So yeah, I'm not sure if I said that right, but somebody was just oh okay, all right. I, I wasn't this, sure if it, I was I, I said that right because yeah. over in the chat they were. Yeah, exactly. Zach was saying about <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that uh, annuary snow. Hooray, we've had the first scolding on the uh, Morelia chat of the year. Thank you, Zach. So. <laughs> yeah, 
No, I'm saying that if an annuary – so if you look at an annuary in a corn snake and you look yeah. at an annuary in a boa, both of those um, do still show the pattern. And I think that's similar to what you see with what we have in snow. You still see right. the patterns, you know, in the uh, in the in the animal. Now, um, uh, uh, Wayne, he 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 produced again uh, Moon Glow, but basically he's using albino, hypo, and I think he had caramel in there. Um, right. So with his Moon Glow, especially again, it's it's still young, so who knows what it's going to look like into adult, but. Um, it's very it's it much whiter at least what i can see in the videos and pictures than say the typical snow so i i guess i'm just thinking out you know it's like i remember back when i got into carpet pythons the holy grail of what everybody was after was this all white carpet python and i think that in theory if this proved out this uh annuary aneurystic uh aneurystic um carpet proves out, then there is a possibility by combining the aneurystic, the exanic, and the hypo, uh, or albino, you could get um, that uh, pure white snake. All white snake. In yeah. Australia. Yeah. In Australia. In For Australia. <laughs> we, can, we can look at it. We can, yeah. we can watch it. Yeah, we can't, we can't touch it. Unless somebody takes it over to the pit and we, it appears in Germany. So. The pit, the pit of Germany. Um, yeah, can we just, Darren? Can can't just like can can we just get some silver peppered inlands chucked in the pit already? Like, can yeah, that happen? Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, uh, speaking of, well, I'll make that at the end of the thing. That's a little okay. Surprising. We'll talk about that later. So, what's on your mind, Owen? What can't you get off your mind this week? I can't. What I can't get off my mind this week is the attitude of scrub python. Because I've been, I don't know what it is about this week, but I've been bombarded with emails about scrub pythons. And, of course, I've been dealing with my own attempts to breed the tannin bars. Um, and uh, we're trying to get our other animals, the barnecks and certain other animals, up to size. So it's just been a week of attitude when it comes to scrub pythons. And, of course, it's like every once in a while when you get into a species, you kind of leave it alone and you go off and you do other things and then you kind of revisit it. It's like, um, it's like every once in a while you'll send me a picture of your blackhead and you'll be like, he is so cool. It's like every once in a while you just kind of got to get back and kind of re-fall in love with the species. So, yep. but that doesn't happen with scrubs. I just kind of look at them and they're kind of evil. <laughs> There's no love there. <laughs> so. <it's>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you thought this was going to be a nice thought. No, 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 no. So it's it was just it's just I have the pair that I'm attempting to breed now to the point where I've had to cover parts of the cage because the male will not stop hitting the glass. Now this is just tannin bars, and constantly what I'm thinking about is, dear Lord, what if I had, you know, the big ones? Like what if we're talking King Horneye here? Imagine if you had a King Horneye that just wanted you dead. I mean, how do you stop him? from killing you <laughs> it's like and and that of course just leads to why do these things here and god scrubs are horrible creatures and it's like you know but then 
you dip back into the Blukens and you realize that they're really not that bad. So, yeah, that's what's been cooking on in my head since the break is, like, you know, could I get Malukins again? And, oh, God, scrubs are horrible creatures. So we're kind of on the fence right now. So, Ooh, yeah. Scrubs, we have a love-hate relationship. We do. That, it's a love-hate <laughs> relationship with scrubs. Being that I'm the size of a hobbit and probably would make a good <laughs> meal for a king horn eye. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if I would ever work. I mean, I would love to work with them, but then – Okay, here's the thing. Uh, maybe people will think I'm a wimp when it comes to this, but one of the things that I love love about carpets is like when I'm working with an adult carpet, you know, I am not worried about if that thing bites me or not. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm not, I'm, yes. I'm not. I'm not. I don't have to have like a, you know a bottle of Listerine or rubbing alcohol or a near shower by me or yeah. You know. Uh, you know, and like cleaning a cage is is relatively simple, and you know, and you still got like you know, I mean, the snake's a decent size. You take it out, people are going to be like, "Oh my god, wow, that snake is big," you know. Um, yeah. I, I, oh man, I don't know. I I, I don't know, man. <laughs> but then there's, but then there's, but then that that led me to my next thought, where it's like, okay, so scrubs are too big, too pissed off, too ornery. Does that mean bullens are off the table? Well, apparently bones are a lot chiller. Um, they are, but and I'll admit, sometimes my chill snakes want me dead. I mean, sometimes it's just like I catch them on the bad day, or it, it heaven forbid you're pulling a mom from eggs. So now, if you don't want to, if you want to avoid the attitude and the bite of a scrub, would a bolens be kind of like getting your cake and eating it too, where you have the big, gruff, large animal, but it doesn't really want to hurt you? Or is it like one day he might just decide he's got to peg you? Well, I think, I guess I think that Snake's personality is, is just that. It's it's from individual to individual. You can have True. You can have some snakes that are pretty chill. And then I think the thing with scrubs, though, is like, you uh, like, I, I guess it's probably similar to like what a venomous keeper uh, would. Uh, and you, your guard is never down, you know. No, that, that is true. That is, yeah. You always expect death. Okay, I got you. Yeah. yeah. So, so like coming, when you walk in to clean from. your scrubs, you're just like, okay, well, uh, yeah, man, I'm just who's gonna. You've got, got my number today. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, and one of the things I hate about scrubs, you know, the thing I absolutely <laughs> hate about them, dude is that with that prehensile tail, like even more Everything so than either. carpets, you got two hooks. I, I got a yeah. hook over here, and the hook is always on the other side of the room. You know what I, I mean? Know, it's always never, over on the other side of the room. Where I touch the bin where the scrub is, and I, I guess my hook is like launched to the other side of the room because it was right next to me, but now it's way over there, pinned underneath something or, you know, outside the room somehow. So, yeah, yeah. you're right, exactly far away. Yeah, and it's like the the bitch of it is is that scrubs are beautiful. I mean, they are beautiful. You know. Yeah. And yeah. the scalation, their heads, the labial pits. You know, like they they're just they're so impressive as animals. Yeah. Um, I think that people just can't get past that stage, so they haven't <laughs> yeah. been produced. So that I mean, 
I think Nick said it once before. It's like a heat-seeking missile, man. And you know, your it's head, it's a, yeah, it's ground zero. Um, yeah, it's they, 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 it's like it's like they know where to fly. It's like and it, it never stops. Too, it's not like you know, certain animals I have that'll swing at me, they'll bite, I'll put them away, and then the next time I go in there, they're perfectly fine. It never stops. Yeah. That door opens, game on. It's it, yeah. and that's just the way it. And dude, it. I hate my Fuscus because they're so because my female is so psychotic. But that's one animal. Can you imagine having a collection of scrubs? Imagine being like uh, Dave Means, where it was like the entire room is a gauntlet of doom. It's like it's like ten footers waiting for you at every turn. And I I I would not. How do you enjoy? Your collection when it's what, dude? I don't. You know, it's it's like um. So when I first got into Morelia, you know, the thing of it was yeah. is that there was there was like the groups within the groups. Okay, so there was the Morelia group, and then there was the Scrub group, and then there was the Condro group, and then there was the Carpet group. You know, and when right. I was in the Carpet group, it's like, yeah, I want to hang out with the Condro guys. Oh man, I want to be cool like them and be in the scrub scrub thing, and um, you know those guys, you know, especially with those two species, you know, mm-hmm. they never wanted to venture into anything else. So it would be like, you know, they specifically were chondra, well for the most part, but and these were specifically scrub people, and then you know right. you had the carpet people, and the carpet people kind of delved into both worlds, and you know I was I had this vision of yeah I'm going to work with you know all these different Morelia and blah blah blah. And I got into scrubs, and I was like, you know what? I'm okay being the carpet guy. I'm okay being <laughs> I'm that guy. That <laughs> I'm okay. You know, You're I'll be horrible, the carpet yeah. guy. You can be the scrub guy. I'll be the carpet guy, and you can be yeah. the condom guy. You know, it's 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 fine with me. I'm okay with that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And and it's the constant dealing with of not having a steady supply of captive born and bred babies. So you run the gamble there. If you're gonna to try to find some animals to bring in, you you were dealing with a lot when you had your Halmaheras, so it's yeah, like, yeah, it, it it's it, it's no no no. It's almost like being a venomous keeper. It's like I look at them, they're pretty, and I try not to die when I clean their poop. It's like it, no no. So it was like I had to revisit the scrubs while we were on break to realize just how much I don't miss them and how. How good I am with them not being here, and how that Tannenbar pair it produces this year, or it's leaving. So you know, it's just one of those things. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, man. That's that's a good thought because. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Kind of, it's kind of on the <laughs> tail end of one of those things where the past year or the past two years, I've been really expanding my collection, and I do. Yeah. I did eventually know that we were going to have the the drop where I kind of trimmed out everything that I wasn't really kind of, that that didn't really fit in the collection. I didn't really like too much. It just kind of is there. And, you know, like you said earlier, cage space. So now I have had some, I did have a pretty bad season last year when it came to producing. And unfortunately I lost like uh, one key male out of my collection. He passed. And I was stupid and didn't keep any of his kids back from previous years, but I had one of his kids from last year still kicking around here. So now I got to raise it up and get him up to size. So you're 
kind of like the whole, like, have I been paying attention to other things way too much that I haven't been focusing on my core guys the way I should be. So you're kind of kicking out a bunch of side projects until, you know, my carpet pythons are back where they were. You know, I have the animals that I wanted and we're all cooking with gas and everybody's holding up the breed and is breeding. And it's kind of like once I get those back where they were before I made the move, I can start expanding again. So obviously there's some projects like the liasses. They're not going anywhere. Um, the rough scales, you can pry them from my cold dead hands. Um, and you know, a few <laughs> other things, but certain other things are going to go. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, one of those things and, and the scrubs are on the list. So that's what's <laughs> fun about this thought. No, oh, they're on the chopping block. So there you go. Oh, so anybody, God, yes. <laughs> anybody's looking for some scrub pythons, you know, there you go. Um, well, they have till the end of the year. They have till breeding, and then uh, after probably summertime, if I don't have little baby scrubs and I'm not pulling my hair out dealing with them, then we'll get rid of the adults. Yeah, so. I was thinking about that too. It's like you know, I'm dealing again. It's it's silly that I'm dealing with animals that are not like I'm. I guess I'm with you. Is that I'm all mm. for, uh, you know, I think focus is good. But I think that you need some kind of like you know some kind of something else to so you don't get bored. Um, mm-hmm. You know, taking a break from things is good because then it, it refocuses you. But I think that uh, one of the problems that I have with this show, in particular, is doing this show, is that you talk to all these different people that have all these different things, and you get so yeah. excited about what they're doing I know. <laughs> that that you want to do it. You know, and you're you like, wanna be in, you want to be included. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, oh my god, this guy this sounds awesome. I didn't realize I it, but I need nothing but spotted pythons now. I need to go find as many spotted pythons as I can. And then yeah. after a week when you have six of them and you're like, I hate these things, it's like you kinda gotta pump the brakes here a little bit. So yeah. yeah, I can totally understand. So, um Oh man, that's a scrub pythons. That's a uh that's a funny one. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder though. Well, I want. I wonder if at some point, if somebody like you know somebody that's really hardcore, like Jim or Dave, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really hardcore about scrub pythons, are going to get to the point where they produce them and then they start to chill out as, um, uh, you know, as captive born and bred. Because you remember like Tweed, that was the most yeah. chill, chill yeah. scrub python there ever was. Um, I, I think he took a shot to the head. I don't know what's up with uh, <laughs> what was up with him. Yeah, maybe that's. What I wanted, did uh, he must have, he must have been like the slowest scrub out there because he was just like hi everyone, and I'm like any minute now he's going to tear someone's face off. No, all right. So it's and sometimes you get the nice ones, and it would be great if you could breed the nice ones and make nice babies. I'd be totally all for that. But you know, I've had too many interactions with missiles with teeth, so. You know, it just it that was my thought this week was, you know, scrub pythons and how I kinda don't miss them. <laughs> it's like Do you think that's like one of those things that like young guys, you know, like they measure manhood <laughs> by the the, the, <laughs> the nastiness of the snake. And if that's true if that's true, wonder yeah. me being the old guy, why I'm like fine with the carpet <laughs> uh, I'm the old well, dude. I, I, for one, definitely think that I was way more tolerant of a pissed-off snake when I was, like, 18 or 19 
fucking around with them. Um, now it's like, you're mean. I don't like you. You 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 hinder my flow of how I clean my room because i got to deal with you. Get out. So it's like, but then there are also there are certain animals where I will put up with a nasty animal because of what it is. Like, I do not have a nice female Maclots python at all. I have two very nasty, evil Maclots pythons. One's an adult and one is a baby. And they both are piss ants. But I'll deal with them because they're female Maclots pythons. I'm not getting rid of a female Maclots python. So, you know, it's just something you deal with. When it comes to, you know, uh, whether you want to be big and gruff and whatever, those are the guys who are on Facebook with an alligator that's living in a tote in the garage because they wanted an alligator. <laughs> right. It's like, well, what are you going to do with it? It's my buddy. He's my gator. I grab him every day and I hold him. Okay. And then what? Oh, I put him back down. So why do you do that? So we can take manly pictures with my shirt off and the alligator. You need to settle <laughs> down here, buddy. It's like that's that those are the people who are and those are the people who end up getting vipers and this, that and the other thing. And it's like if you're if you're trying to test your manhood by having the most dangerous animal, you're an idiot and you're gonna die. That's all Owen's <laughs> gonna say to you. So have fun with this, that. This is true. This is yeah. true. Um, okay, so there's our uh, our two things that we're thinking about all this week, and uh, you know we'll, we'll be bringing that uh, every we'll week to other things. Yeah. chat about. But uh, in the meantime, that leads us to our uh, our topic, main topic of the show um, is what is my carpet python. Uh, <laughs> so much all right, <laughs> sorry, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> You know you see it a lot. You know, all like, the time, oh, and I yeah. I don't answer it for this exact reason. I'm not nice. So, yeah, you're that yeah. guy. You're that guy. Like, yeah. Research shit. I'm the what guy. This again. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let's get Dave on, and uh, let's get it going. Hey, Dave, welcome to, to the show. How's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're, we're doing good. Yeah, that's always the fun question online, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's it's always one that appears at like the most random moments, and I love that a lot of people have gotten into the thing of like, hey, you're never gonna know unless you've got it from a reputable breeder. Everything that comes after now is nothing but guesses, and then like everybody skips over that, like totally gla- like breezes right by that co- that comment. And goes right to the guesses, and they're like, "Yes, yes, I'll call him a jungle diamond now." It's like, "No, no, you didn't read the first one. Go back to the first one." So, but yeah, it's always a fun question. Constant one. Yep, that's it why never stops. That's why I started putting up some of the posts that, that popped around Facebook. Um, they get commented on a lot now. I, I've actually I tried to make a mission out of it for a little while, and it almost made my head explode after. After doing it for me, because it actually starts to get lists of, you know, people would actually take that, read the thing, and then actually email me pictures of snakes and ask me what it was. And, uh, you know, at oh the bottom, God. I was like, did you, not, did you not notice that what I said was that there's no way we're ever going to be able to? I can give you my guess. That's all I got. The fact that you took that upon yourself and didn't lose your mind and, like, totally run out of, mer- like, of reptiles is beyond me, because well, I just I have lost a, all the Yeah. I have a thought with it. I mean, that I think a lot of people get, they see a pretty snake, they see a pretty carpet python, and 
they want to get into carpet pythons and they get one, mm-hmm. and they obviously haven't done any research, but right. not much, I should say, maybe not not it, but not much. And then they ask, well, what do you think this is? And they're not trying to start a hornet's nest. And then their post has started a hornet's nest, and then they go back to ball <laughs> pythons or right. whatever, right. you know, right. hot dogs, wherever they go, because they now think yeah. we're a bunch of pissed off assholes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, well, that, that's it. Some of and, us are, but yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I just kind of wanted to at least create something that could be handed to somebody that, they're obviously still going to have to do their research and care to learn, but at least they have something to give them. I mean, a lot of these people don't realize that a jungle carpet python is an amorph. You know, they oh, actually yeah. didn't really believe jungle. I, I can't count the number of people I've spoken to that think that a jungle jag is a combo morph. You know, it's there's, you know, somebody has to, I don't know, kind of, that's what, what I wrote up. I actually call, I debate between calling, the complete idiots to guide the carpet pythons and carpet pythons for dummies. I don't know which way to go with it, but it's a, <laughs> it's a, a, a crash course shooter. Yeah. That's the attempt yeah. anyway. Yeah. I, I saw, uh, I saw a post and that's kind of what led me to uh, want to get you on because, you know, you had talked about this article that you had written up. Um, so I figured since we have this platform, you know, what better, what better, you know, way to get that info out there. And I think it's something that comes up a lot. And I don't know. I See, I, I'm kind of the camp that I kind of feel bad for the new people in a way. It's like, because just like you said, they want to get into carpets and they get into it and then they're like, well, these people are assholes. <laughs> I yeah, wanted to their, get out of all I, yeah. I wanted to get out of ball pythons because those people were assholes, and now these people are even more assholes. And it's not—I I don't mm-hmm. know if that's necessarily because we're assholes, but I just think that um, you know it's kind of like you ask the same question over and over and over again, and <laughs> it's always the same response, you know. So <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah, coming from different people, but yeah. It's- so it, it's one of those things, but I, it, it's like there would be a nice way to, if there was a nice way to deal with it where nobody loses their temper, but we're not biting a newbie's head off and they get all the information they would they were looking for, it would be awesome. That's why we kind of really like your idea of putting an article out there where all the information's right there. Um, and if you continue, you're just being lazy. So it's like here it all is. That's, a, that's exactly the way I was looking at it. At least you have somewhere to start. And if you still don't care after that, or still refuse to cooperate after that, then I don't want to say there's a basis to form a judgment. <laughs> that doesn't right. I don't mean to make it sound like that, but that's pretty much it. No, but it's right. correct. It's, it's like now you're just being lazy. I've given you all the information you need. Go read. It's like yeah, okay. So sometimes it's not going to be a one-two-click answer. So. Well, it's hard when somebody gets that one animal out there and they put it up and you look at it. Sometimes they, people get rather extraordinary animals and have no idea anything about carpet pythons. And yeah. It's, you know, it, it's not as simple as when, you know, well, it's probably a cross of multiple subspecies. It could be a multiple bloodlines and you have all the, you know, if you ever look at like somebody that knows about carpet pythons, you can have a, a name. It, it's a, We have our own linguistics. I mean, there's mm. names of bloodlines, names of morphs, names of subspecies, and click names we put in to combine the subspecies. You've got a cover girl line that's a gamma jag or a regular jag or a, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's hard to really mm-hmm. explain that to somebody and 
in a paragraph. Yeah, so I guess basically like your in your article, you sort of <clears throat> you sort of start at the beginning, which is basically breaking down the different subspecies um of carpets um which some of them, you know, I guess probably the biggest one is you know, people think that a centralian python is a carpet python and it's not it's a sister species to carpet pythons, but it's Morelia breadlie. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a spoloda. That doesn't mean that breadlie crosses are bad. You know, I, I find some of them quite attractive. But you know, it's no different than putting a carpondro. Uh, you know, at least that's how I look at it. You know, so economically speaking, that's absolutely. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Which it's hard to really determine though. A lot of people it's kinda of, that's kind of the whole problem as well though, I think. The definition of the term carpet python, like most of most people who've been into carpet pythons a long time take carpet python to mean Morelia spolota. But a lot of other people do take carpet python to mean even once they know it's a different species, they include breadlie into that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's you know, common names that's probably common names, but uh, I would assume also. I, I mean, I would assume also they they probably would lump inland and a few other things that once they become more common, uh, into that as well. So, yep. it's just a basic layman kind of mistake, which you know can easily be corrected. And you know, it's one of those things. So, the the other thing I think that's confusing for new newbies is that when it comes to subspecies. Um, You'll see some people that'll use the taxonomic name for it. Uh, You'll see some people that will, like, for instance, breadlie. That's another example, Morelia breadlie. It's really Centralian python, but people seem to call that one, (laughs) you know. Or um, I think imbricata is another example, you know, Morelia imbricata, as opposed to saying southwestern carpet python. But mm. even that's another one. Is that a spoloda? Is it not? You know, you talk to some people, they say yes. Other people say no. I guess it it really depends on, I think you're right, Dave, that it's sort of this um, this spot where where do you consider a species uh, a, another species? Where do you cut it off and say, no, this is a subspecies? There's some people that believe that, uh, you know, there is no such thing as a subspecies. There's other people that think that uh, you know that there is subspecies. So that kind of confuses that whole uh, area as well. You know, I kind of tried to avoid that issue in that article. But once you are ready to have that debate with somebody, you don't need that article. If that makes mm, sense. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind yeah. of that, that. Well, that's the yeah. that's the dance trigonomics of, of taxonomy at that point. I mean, that's bounced on past that. Once you can debate whether Jungles and carpets, or you know, sorry, jungles and coastals. You know, some people consider they should be merged. You know, once you can even get into that conversation or have an opinion on either way, then you know, you're past trying to figure out whether jungles morph. So mm-hmm. that, that's kind of more. So I'm trying to aim. I don't want to say I'm trying to aim low, but trying to shoot down past. I even put that in the article, the one that I'm going to the PDF I'm going to put out. So that uh, right. Well, it is the idiot's guy, so. <laughs> yeah, the ABCs, the ABCs, there are subspecies. 
you know, you can debate them later, you know, and there are more, so there are and so on and so forth, so. Right. Because I've, I've already gotten a number of emails from various people. I got a guy, I, there's some part in Australia, and I've had three different people confirm this. I, I guess, I assume everybody in the States knows that what we call inland carpet pythons, the common name in Australia is Murray Darling carpet python. Which yes, I right. Know. I got a rather snark email um, uh, six months ago. Um, there's some slang down there. I don't want to call it slang. I don't know the common names. They use the term inland synonymous with centrillion. Oh, everybody I've talked to from Australia, and I actually put it in Australian groups and, you know, message just about everybody I talk to regularly in Australia said that that's pretty much nonsense, but a few people said that they've heard that used at least semi-regularly. And I was, it's another one of those, you know, I don't even know what's coming on that, but. Great. Great. That's That's even even more confusing. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. Well, yeah, so you basically break down the, uh, uh, the six subspecies, and then the you know we are throwing uh, bread lie in there, um, and uh, you know basically go through um, where they're from and uh, you know some of the characteristics. Um, and like you said, that other that other part of that is um, a debate for another day, I guess. You know, if you're keeping it simple, but uh, you mm-hmm. should know that uh, I guess there's a disclaimer, sort of, is that uh, there are people that think you know, different ways when it comes to that. Then, you know, you sort of go into uh, to the different morphs. I mean, you know, have you found that people are confused when it comes to uh, the morphs as well? You know, what what was your approach there? I, yes, to an extent, but the morphs in and of themselves, I think people understand once they get to a certain point. I think the confusing thing that we do, and by we, I mean anybody who's been running around carpets for a while, is we'll term things as crosses. We'll say this is the jungle coastal cross or bread-like cross. But as soon as you see, say, um, a zebra jag or zebra jaguar, we all know automatically that that includes the subspecies that the morphs originated from. You know, we'll know there's a jungle and a coastal in there because there's a jaguar and a zebra, or you can enter any morph from that. But um, right. that's something else that people don't quite um, newbies, it, it just goes over their head, and then, so that's another thing. One of the reasons I break the morphs down, at least as far as we know, all the known morphs to the uh, root subspecies that they came from. I basically I try and break the. I, I try and I call it it's actually nomenclature. I try and give a definition for any term that might be in any name you're giving for a carpet python. So that's where right. I in it, um, the morph section of that. Right, and so people. I like that idea. Yeah, people should understand that. Um, I think I did. I, I don't know if you included it in here, but did you put in here anything about like how uh, the difference between, say, what people look as an intergrade and as uh, you know being a cross? The difference between the two. I. That was another one of the, that depends which version. I've got a few versions of this that I've sat on. That's one of the reasons I've never actually put the thing like fully just thrown it all over the internet. Mm-hmm. Integration, biologically speaking, is a natural process where you have, say, in the, the zone between diamonds and coastals, because that's probably the largest 
where you have an area of animals that show characteristics of both subspecies, but there, it's not actually a coastal breeding with a diamond. It is a bunch of intergrades breeding with intergrades, creating other intergrades. So right. it's become common slang in, you know, as to what to describe a cross, but I don't really think it's a correct word. And then as I wrote that out, I that was one of the ones, that's an argument I didn't really, it's kind of an over-the-head, you know, I'd, right. for the article argument. Um, I think intergrades, at least biologically speaking, is an incorrect term. Uh, I know a lot of people use it, and we all know what it means when somebody says it. But we can't just take a coastal and breed it to a diamond or a coastal and breed it to a jungle or a coastal and breed it to anything, an inland, and create an intergrade. That's not necessarily what we've created at that point. The closest yeah. thing I can actually find a proper biological term would be intraspecific hybrid. But I don't see that coming out of people's mouths on a regular basis. That's even more complicated than this work. <laughs> no, no, that would not. <laughs> Yeah, I that think that, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right when it comes to the integrate is that, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure, um, I think in Australia they call them uh, rainforest diamonds. I, I've, I've seen uh, them called, um, you know, but yeah, you're, you're right. It's it's kind of a mix of of the two, two you know, it kind of looks like a diamond, but at the same time it looks like a, a coastal. And I have coastal diamonds but I can't say that this is what an intergrade looks like if you were to go down into the area where they integrate in Australia and, and have the same animal, you know? It's, mm. it's I've seen it varies greatly over that area. I'd love to actually just wander from one end of it to the other. Just spend a month backpacking <laughs> up through all that. Yeah, just right? That'd be awesome. Yeah. Start all the way down in Victoria and, and New South Wales and go all the way up through South Queensland. That would be Man. rather awesome. Yeah. Can we work that into our trip, Owen? <laughs> well, no, nah, we're you're you're putting way too much stuff in one place. Uh, We'd yeah. be there for a very long time, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah. So um, yeah, I, I included a small part about that. I didn't want to beat that one into the ground because that's at the same point. If somebody's just trying to get a grasp on it, you know, the point to I think yeah. drag that topic out too much. Sure, it'll be like all yeah, them. Like, Old MP days. <laughs> Where everybody yep, was talking much. like everybody knew. Yeah. <clears throat> well, actually, yeah. you know, that's a funny... The whole thing I was thinking of when I wrote this, when I first got into carpet, I joined MP.com. I think it was probably 2010-ish. Uh-huh. And the first carpet Python I got, I bought it a show, blah, blah, blah. I knew that there were different subspecies, and I'd done some mild research, but I had no... Um, very little hands-on experience and not much more even online experience, you know, looking at different animals. And I posted a picture of what I was told was a jungle and basically had that. I didn't even ask what it was. I basically said I thought it was a jungle and I had the same same thread, you know, old MP style. And I actually was treated, I, I think mostly because I graciously accepted what most people were saying that uh, knew a lot more than me. Um, was given the proper information and, you know, places to look and directions and told how to ask, you know, if you know where, where the animal spread from, so on and so forth. And I came back and I said, I found out that it was a jaguar sibling and then got the straight answer that that's impossible and it's a jungle. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I thought okay. about that and, and, you know, I'm trying to figure out a way to help other people 
hurdle the same jump, you know. At some point, we might go one way or another, either in person, online, however it is. Right. Well, I think uh, I think the morphs part of it has probably muddied the field, um, probably more than ever uh, with these right. quote unquote pet carpet pythons, um, because you're going to get these animals that and and sometimes they're quite attractive. You know what I mean? Um, I think of that one that uh, I can't remember who had it in Australia, but it was. Um, was a diamond inland coastal and maybe bread lie in there and the thing was just amazing looking you know so um i personally am not against crosses or any of the type um some people are um mm-hmm. that's just my opinion i mean i think it comes down to it's a snake in a box and you kind of keep what you <laughs> what you like I don't know what you guys think, but uh, that's kind of my opinion. You know, I have both, um, so I'm not for or against. <laughs> you know, I can see right. the bad side of it, and I can see also see the uh, you know the plus side of it. I used to be a purist, and then I met you, so uh, <laughs> that was yeah, that was that was taken away from me violently. So, yep. For the most part, I'm a purist, but I'm a purist that likes crosses. I mean, I like to know the lineage going back on them. Right. I have my share of crosses. I have a couple of Carpondros. I I really, I can't, obviously can't knock the principles of it. But I I like to know where they come from, what they are. And I certainly have, I like to be able to appreciate, you know, wild-type animals as close to as possible anyway. Which which leads to the uh, I guess to the with the morphs you know you have that and then there's the other part of it is the localities, um, you know how did you approach approach that in the uh, in the article? I I just went with the I to a certain extent I kind of assumed anybody reading this article hopefully had a vague amount of I guess you would say general captive herpetological knowledge. Uh-huh. So they would know what a locality is. Um, trying to keep it, you know, short and sweet, and not end up with a ten-page, twelve-page article coming out of it. But um, I did try and note that there are obviously localities, and you know, as you go along, you'll learn what the localities are. Um, and I also noted that this article is primarily intended for people in the U.S. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we have a limited amount of locality animals here. Um, Nick's got some, obviously, and people have gotten some from him, and there are some other ones um, roaming around, obviously, bloodlines that have been kept, but most of the things we have have been, you know, you can guess that it looks like a certain locality, but to prove it to any extent, you figure, I don't know, 98% of the animals we'll ever see in the U.S. won't ever be able to be traced to a true locality, unfortunately. Right, right. I think... um... I think your example, the other thing that you find popping up a lot, and I think people get confused, is bloodlines and lines. Um, I like your example that you used in there, so maybe you could you could share that with us of like how you approached uh, explaining the two. I had a well, this was actually helped somebody I had proofread this, um, Dave Kelly, when I was playing with this originally. 
he gave it a read and pointed that out to me because I wasn't very clear with it. That's actually what helped me to clear it up. But a, what I call a line would trace mm-hmm. to a specific breeder or a, a after red line created by somebody, say price line, LASIK line, bread line, for an example. Mm-hmm. Um, or like you see cover girl line jungles. Um, or what you suggested today, Eric, actually, the Gamma Line Jaguars, especially since that includes Morph, which is where a lot of the confusion comes from once you start adding things like that. Um, right. But a traceable bloodline, specifically, I think, is a much more limited line that hopefully goes back to the wild or closer to the wild, um, like some of the diamond pythons, say, like the San Diego Zoo line of diamond pythons. I would classify more as a bloodline because that's, held together more. A line can be assembled by a captive breeder, whereas a bloodline mm-hmm. hopefully traces it way all the way back to a wild population of animals. So I yeah. suppose that's a debatable subject as to how to use those words, but I think that makes the most sense from what I think. Yeah. I think another example would be um, NPEN coastals. You know, um, it, well, as far as a line, it's it's when you take bloodline or bloodlines, you know, bred them together over the years, and that's sort of what Michael Pinnell did with his NPEN striped coastals, and he has, you know, these beautiful striped coastals that he produces, you know, pretty consistently. But then when you have a bloodline, um, where people don't know is that. <clears throat> the bloodline of M Pen is actually Lemke um coastals. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Absolutely. you'll see sometimes I I'll use Nick and Mike as examples of this. So, you know, you'll see people that have bought snakes from uh Michael Pinnell and saying M Pen Coastals and then you'll see people have bought coastals from Nick and Lloyd Lemke, and really, in reality, they sort of trace back to the original bloodline of Lloyd Lemke coastals. It's just that when you start adding other things to it, or selective breeding, or selectively breeding it in any way, you sort of have now changed that to a line more so than a than say a bloodline that can be traced back to wild caught. Uh, Parents. Now, whether or not Lloyd mm-hmm. Lemke's coastals are wild caught, we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> but <laughs> we won't get into that tonight. Yeah, that's sort of the idea. But um, yeah, that, that 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 confused me for quite a long time. I don't know about you guys, but I used to get confused on, the, on what separates the, the two. You know, um, basically at this point, the only thing that we really could legally quotes do any kind of bloodlines would be Erie and Jaya's. Um Right. Yeah. Yep. Those are the only wild ones still coming in unless like you said, they somehow animals go to the pit that leads to Germany and Australia and turn up that way. But yeah. Yeah, but even then you can't really prove you know, no, you can't, not without even if you prison. knew it. Even if you thought <laughs> you knew it. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't really say prove it. it. <laughs> and which, would you want to prove it? <laughs> you know, I know you. You prove it. No, not really. Screw yourself. Yeah, exactly. You probably yeah. want to keep that one quiet. <laughs> you want to keep that quiet. Yeah, you want to shut the hell up. So, yep. I would agree entirely. So, <laughs> one of the uh, one of the other things that we were talking about earlier is like uh, you sort of hit on a little bit, but with um, 
high yellow and things like that, color phrases and other descriptions that people use uh, to sort of even muddy the waters anymore, whether it's a marketing uh, as, you know, uh, aspect that they're trying to do or, um, you know, what's your thoughts on that? I basically just noted that off as it's, I don't want to say it's nothing more than personal opinion, but it's it's just somebody's opinion, and it very well may be high yellow, but that doesn't, everything else, at least hopefully if it's put correctly, obviously somebody can lie about anything, a morph, a subspecies, but everything else attaches to something, I guess you'd say factual, high yellow or golden or high contrast or so on and so forth, basically attached to somebody's personal opinion of the animal. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, especially if it's somebody legitimate or somebody you trust, but it doesn't necessarily give you any description as to the lineage or where the animal came from or the genetic makeup of the animal or anything of that nature. That's pretty much how I looked at that and how I explained that out. You know, you can have the brightest high yellow jungle in the world, but high yellow as far as a descriptor of the animal's lineage is useless. So Right. It's just a physical description. Some some can even be misleading like the what was it, the red red hypo jaguars. Yes, the Mandarin Jaguars. Yeah, <laughs> and ornate jaguars. It's at the end of the day it's a damn jaguar. So <laughs> I basically got an F two American red hypo jag sibling here for that note. She's gorgeous. I, I, I don't use the term necessarily but Back to that whole, yeah. whatever that was. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking earlier about, you know, my topic for the week of, you know, what I've been thinking about with this this whole, uh, you know, thinking that if if this annuary carpet, you know, proves out to be genetic, um, the thinking, uh, you know, what happened, are we going to fall into a, a thing where like the red hypo jag that we did with that, where, you know, again, oh, that was very confusing to me as somebody that was coming from a ball python standpoint and trying to, you know, know the genetics there and then coming in, you know, to the carpets and, and, and like, what, what? <laughs> okay. And that then all my, of a sudden, that was my second, uh, that was my second carpet question on MP.com after the jungle that I, that was a Jag sibling was, uh, I bought a red hypo Jag, um, bred to a Leary tiger Jag. Uh-huh. And I, I had a thread that I had, I don't know, 40 comments on it. And it was, I was just what I was trying to get a direct answer to what's the difference between a jaguar and a red hypo jaguar, and I I couldn't get one. Of course, because <laughs> I was absolutely confused until somebody at the end of it finally gave me literally gave me the Jan Harris story, and that's where I got that, and it went all the way back. But it, it I was like, well, what is this the same gene? Is it a different gene? Is there a hypo gene? Is there not? Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, there is, and no, it it means nothing. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, and that and that sometimes can just be a marketing ploy that some people put in there. It, yeah. It it can be daunting. I I remember, I think I got off light because when I first got into carpet pythons, the big thing that was the talk of the town was now they come with stripes. So I mean, like that was it, and then everything else, the whole jag stuff, and everything from that point kind of stumbled in while I was in it. So I did my learning. Uh, when there wasn't really that much to learn, so but I'm coming in, into it I'm now, getting even worse. On that note that Eric was talking about, I, I was listening mm. to it earlier while I was driving home. 
on the Azantic versus anaphoristic concept. Yeah. Even right. that in and of itself, I think all of these are just us trying to describe what we see and, you know, we can prove it's genetically reproducible. But um, if you really look at it, and over the years of keeping various species of snakes and looking at things, uh, I think for the most part that most xanthic lines and anaphoristic lines are genes are generally doing the same thing to the animal, even across different species, and definitely in species that have two different non-compatible genes, say like boa constrictors have the uh-huh. type 1 and type 2, and then you've got another one in BCLs, um, if it is another one, or if that's maybe not the cause of type 2, which I've always wondered. But um, It's a reduction of red and yellow, and the name anaphoristic or Azantic seems to be tagged on to what color we think the animal should be. So if it's only rainbow, right. it's typically red, so it's anaphoristic. Carpet python should be yellow, so it's Azantic. Focus for now. You can go on back and forth with that. But even that in and of itself is just us coming up with an attempt at a descriptor of it, which then becomes the marketing ploy, so on and so forth. Unfortunately, it seems to work out to be a marketing ploy to somebody. It's normally not right. the intent of whoever started it, but yeah, I don't know about you guys, but one of the yeah, when you talk about adding names and and stuff like that, one of the things I often think of, and I don't know, I've probably been guilty of this as well, but um, at some point, um, is that when you're posting up, um, you know, it could be anything. I, I'll use I'll use a gamut jag again. Okay, so you have this animal that is a diamond jungle jag, and you know, it did trace back to, you know, a gamma, you know, whether it's gamma 1 or gamma 5 or gamma 15 or whatever. You know, it traces right. back to a gamma diamond jungle jag, which gamma is just an animal. <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah, a diamond jungle it. jag, and that's its name. It's not It's not a morph. It's not a, you know, uh, you know a subspecies, any of that stuff. It's just simply a name to the to the snake similar to like what you would see with Madame Blueberry or like these crazy carpet names that people have had but when I see people you know that breed an offspring of a gamut say breed a, a gamma um, offspring you know this diamond jungle jag um, to I don't know a caramel and you're going to hear mm-hmm. them say these are gamma jag caramel jags you know what I mean and that's so right. about the Jaguar siblings. You're gonna have gamma caramels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. That's very misleading. I think to people. Um, I, I think. Um, I think that as a carpet, as the carpet python community, what we should be doing is, is that we should simply be saying that, look, this is a uh, diamond jungle jag caramel, or maybe you put it's a caramel jag. Uh, caramel diamond jungle jag, however you want to word it. Um, but, uh, you know, and then, you know, you can put in the description if somebody asks, like, wow, that's really bright. Because I do believe that, you know, uh, Gamma's line uh, does throw, you know, pretty consistent offspring when it comes to really bright yellow animals. Um, but you can just simply put in there, like, yeah, well, the lineage just traces back to uh, to Gamma, Um whether it be, like I said, one, five, or fifteen, um, you know, I, I think that that's more of the approach that 
that we should do. You see that with, you know, IJs, you see poster child, uh, you know, this is a PC, blah, 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 IJ, you know, uh, Coastals, you'll see, I don't know, what do they use, Adam Blueberry, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and and people think that, I don't know, I don't know what the right answer is, I don't know what you guys think of that, like what your thoughts are, like at what point does it become your own selected, like why are you trying to pimp somebody else's project? Why not try to pimp your own project? You know what I mean? <laughs> Put a name on I it. I would agree entirely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Use it as a note. What's that? Good. I was going to say, use it as a note. You obviously can can um, add into your description your parentage and lineage, which you should anyway. But if the animal descended from X animal, B animal, you know. But once you get 12 generations away, especially 12 generations away, where eight of those generations were bred by people other than the original, you know, like you have a 12 generations away from Gamma, and eight generations were not bred by John Battaglia, they were bred to random whatever they may be. You know, it, calling it a Gamma Jag anymore starts to get kind of silly. I've always thought yeah. that as well. I mean, you can't say it's inaccurate, I guess, if it's consistently been a Jag bred down the line from Gamma, but it seems kind of cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially because yeah. you don't know where, like, the direction that you're breeding, you know. You may be breeding for high yellow, but you don't know if the guy in between might have just been breeding for babies to try to sell. So you may not have the best representation of the gamma line. So, but that's, it all harkens back to, you know, once we were told that uh, people can't establish their own name because everybody else, out there already has one. It's like, that's just laziness. It all kind of harkens back to that where you can establish your own, but everybody else's is already established. So now you're just going to be lazy and slap a failing tiger on this striped animal that, and now all the babies will sell as bailing tigers, even though Jason has seen that animal since it's great, 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 great grandparents or something like that. So, yeah. You know, Bale and Tiger is a funny one for me because when I think of a tiger, everything traces back to Jason's original pairing. So why are we putting double names on it? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) why are you putting Bale and Tiger on a tiger? I guess that's. I agree. That's a debate that will go on for years, though. It will. I've got a group of babies sitting here from 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 a tiger from. A Bale and Leary joint pairing that I paired to a caramel jag from an M10 striped caramel, and I don't know what to, I I literally don't when well, I'm going to sell these here in the next month or two. I don't know what to call them. I know that sounds absolutely stupid, but I I, I just want to use the word caramel tiger, but I don't know if that's, that's I, well, it's almost it, a can of worms, you know. I have tiger blood; it goes back that way. And, and, caramel but it's like that's one of those things where like a lot of people have been slapping caramel tiger on an animal that isn't a caramel tiger one and two in the tiger so it's like if but if you if that's what it is call it what it is so you know if it's a duck it's a duck so but it's almost like people are trying to get away with the striped caramels and calling them caramel tigers it's almost like it, if, it, if you got to use the word tiger it's got to go back to jason's original pairing if it doesn't, then it's just a striped caramel. But if you got it, use it. 
It's a caramel tiger. It's a caramel tiger. You'll notice that uh, Nick Nick Mutton never uses the word tiger in any of nice. his striped offspring because he, he doesn't. Striped. Yeah, but yeah. he doesn't have any of the bail in line. He works with no, he doesn't have any stripe. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just my thought. You know, another thing, uh, maybe you can put your thoughts on this, Dave, is that one of the one of the things that always confused the hell out of me when I was just getting into this was this whole percentage thing. You know, you got fifty percent, seventy five percent, eighty eight percent, ninety six point two percent. You know, do, do you break down any of that in the uh, in the article? You talk about that at all? I haven't. I don't know. That might not be a bad idea. That's back to that. I kind of assumed it was kind of an assumption of a kind of an overall. I guess I don't even know if that qualifies as overall reptile, captive reptile breeding knowledge, but maybe it's. I don't know. Maybe that's something I should add. It, that's always come easy to me based on math. But there's a kind of a, there's a stupid formula I've taught people. I mean, if you're breeding two animals and you know the percentages of everything in both animals, if you just add the entire thing up and divide by two, you know, even if you're not good with math, that will give you the percentages of the offspring. Sounds kind of silly, yeah. but if you have a if you have a 75% diamond to a 25% jungle, and you have a 75% jungle to a 25% diamond, you add it all the way up, you have 100% of each, you divide it in half, you have a 50-50. I mean, if you're just going on pure math, I don't know if that's something worth including or not. What do you think? It, it might be. I mean, because I know the percentages do come out. Um, my thing is that percentages come out more with the, like, possible pets, and that I found that when I first started, that was confusing to me because uh, I thought the 50% possible head and the 66% possible head meant it, like, had a 60%, 66% chance of, like, passing the gene on, but it had the gene in it or something like that. It was – I couldn't really explain what my thinking was, but as far as percentages well, go, that's what always confused me was that kind well, of I stuff. Th- and I th- not to cut you off, Owen, but I think no, your good. point is exactly why I would uh, – me personally, I, I think that that's something that, that newbies often – because I think that percentage thing re- yeah. makes people think that it's a gene. So, like, if yeah. you have a 75% diamond jungle – I see what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. You see what I mean? So right. it's like, yeah. oh, well, this is 25 – this is – you know what I mean? So I think that that's That's where a great think. point, and that's something that people that don't deal with animals that have multiple subspecies might actually completely go in the other direction and might that actually makes a lot of sense. I'd never thought about that actually. Yeah, yeah because if you have a team, it's a seventy five percent jungle, that's like a sixty six percent hedozanthic. I I got you. Okay. For somebody that's not I that actually makes sense. I'd never thought that out like that. Weird. Yeah. I'm gonna I will add that at that point. Now that you say it like that's that, cool. I will add something on that that's, that's actually a genius. See Eric, <laughs> we're helping. So, <laughs> hey, you guys one. have been in this longer than I have. I'm just trying to shut uh, it down. That's why I keep going asking. I'll show you about ten people now. Just well, what do you think? And kick me back anything I'm missing or that's over people's heads or under people's heads or yeah, to I think, up. that actually makes a lot of sense. I think yeah. I think I think that's a yeah. You're right because I think that that's an example of you know I think that. What us as carpet breeders don't think about is like to us it comes normal that we're we're crossing these subspecies, but 
but I think I'm going to throw this out there for the for the newbies that may be listening to the show is that if you're coming from ball pythons, if you breed a banana to an exanic, you know, you're going to still have a ball python. <laughs> it may be, yeah. you know, this percentage, that, that, but at the end of the day, it's still a ball python. So really what you're talking about is genetics. You know, but with carpet pythons, when you're just mixing two subspecies together, what's happening is is that now you're talking about the percentage of of the blood from this to that. But the one thing yeah, that I would probably the one yeah. thing that I probably would include is that you're never going like as soon as you muddy the waters, <laughs> you're never going you're to be able to breed to a hundred percent jungle again. You know, yeah, you're you not going to keep like <laughs> it's always going to have. Diamond blood in that if you're using diamond somewhere, blood. yeah. Right. You know what I mean. You can't keep uh, going, going until you're like ninety. I don't know. Let's say it would be like ninety nine point nine percent. You jungle? <laughs> no. <laughs> so what you're telling me? So what you're telling me is you can't take a jungle diamond and make pure diamonds out of it. So. No. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Damn it! I have to rethink my breeding projects now. <laughs> <sighs> I think um, my this is another thought that I had when I was reading, uh, you know, your article is that um, it really depends on to me if you're getting into carpet pythons. The one thing that I would I would recommend is that really kind of knowing what you're kind of doing. If you're keeping a pet, I don't think that a lot of these things necessarily matter as much um, as if you just like the way the snake looks. You know, maybe to a certain extent, you want to, you know, know what's in it. It's like keeping a dog, you know. You may go to the pound and there's a mutt there, and you may never know what's in that dog, but you just like the dog, and it's a nice dog, and you take it home, and that's your pet. Um, But if you're breeding, you know, if that's your goal or something that you want to do, I think it's very important to to think about, um, you know, lineages um you know uh what you know what what kind of animals you're buying you know i mean for for instance if you're going to do a a pure like if you're doing say a jungle project or something like that you want to make sure that you're dealing with with animals that you know have lineage that go back to nice jungles um i guess diamonds would probably be a better example because diamond breeders are pretty Pretty, I I would say that they're probably the most um, anal, you know, about it. <laughs> anal when it comes to yeah. you know, proving yeah. that it's a diamond and it doesn't have, you know, it could look exactly like a diamond, but if you don't have lineage that says that, well, you're shit out of luck, man. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, if you're breeding, and for instance, if you're going to breed crosses, you know, you may f- stumble upon this diamond jungle. Uh, that you think is just a beautiful animal and has some uh, traits or phenotypically it looks like what, you know, your project is. And, you know, that may be a route that you want to go. So I think that those animals do have value. Um, It's just, is it valuable uh, to you, you know, if that makes sense. What do you guys think? Yeah, I tried to put a bit in there with the, uh, I think if you like an animal, that's all that matters Um, as far as keeping it as a pet. Um, well, for any purpose. But if you're once you're going to breed it and sell any offspring for any reason whatsoever, you need to be as 
knowledgeable and upfront with your information, hopefully know as much about the animal as possible. And if you have an animal that you've taken a flyer on um, that you don't know much about and it's kind of shifty, I have one that I was kind of hoping to pair up this year, but I don't think it's going to be big enough. I have an odd. Um, I put up pictures of her. People seem to think she's a Palmerston flying jungle, but she's some kind of a diamond jungle cross with some odd striping. But if and when I produce anything out of her, I mean, I'm basically going to have to say what I know about her, which is very, very little. Mm-hmm. And I've, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a mud. I'm pretty positive it's not pure anything. And, you know, it is what it is. But people need to approach it from that standpoint, I think. But if right, you like right. an animal, you just have an animal you like, and it's, you know, your pet snake, and in a box in your house, then it is what it is. Yeah, I have uh, I have this uh, Diamond Coastal Cross. I don't know if you guys remember Bumblebee Tuna. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was this Diamond Coastal Cross that from back in the day that was had like this really cool fish netty pattern and whatnot. And um, uh, this uh, back in MP, this guy posted up the picture, and the, there's a perfect stripe down the back of this thing, and then it looks like a diamond, but it has like that. If you see sometimes in Australia some wild caught pictures of uh, diamond coastals and stuff, they sort of look like a diamond, but they have like they're not yellow like a like a diamond. They're yellow more. It's, it's more like a like golden know, color. Gold. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so it sort of has that fish netty look with that gold and a perfect stripe down the back. To me, that animal is one of the coolest animals. And, like, people would say, oh, it's a diamond coastal. Who gives a shit? Or, you know what I mean? But I love that snake. Um, so, yeah, you can you can, you can can have an awesome snake, and it can be a cross. Um, and, yeah, know. but the most important thing is for you at that point, if you decide to breed it, is to not go out purporting it to be. Anything right. you're not sure of, that that's where I think the line comes in, which you wouldn't, but that's something right. that will just kind of go, oh, such and such, but it looks like a whatever, and so now you're calling it a diamond, or calling it a jungle, or, you know, any range eye, or whatever it may or may not be. Right. Which... Remember, I think something that people don't realize, and I, I learned this with boa constrictors, is it's very, boa constrictors are a very similar species concept. You have a straight lane straight lane of boa constrictors from Mexico all the way through Argentina with random intergrade zones between various subspecies and there are sketchy areas like North Brazil, which is the equivalent of, I guess North Brazil would be the equivalent of like the diamond jungle area where it's kind of what is, you know, is it BCC, is it BCA? Mm-hmm. If you breed, if you breed something, if you have a cross, you're going to get, if you 50-50 cross, you're going to get maybe... 10% of the animals very much look like one parenting subspecies. 10% of the animals will look like the other. Most of them will look obviously mixed. You take the one that looks almost perfectly to be accepted as one of the subspecies, and you breed that, you will get some clearly, generally clearly off offspring, if that makes sense. You know, you'll think you're breeding two IJs, but there'll be something in there that you're like, that's the weirdest looking damn IJ I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I guess with puppets, I, I don't have a lot of experience doing this, actually doing it personally. Um, but I would think probably even worse and harder to tell just due to the natural variability, which is what I think makes them awesome to begin with. But with the variability, yeah. you get in there, you're going to have that one random animal because it looked like a jungle. 
and you just get that one animal that, you know, is red or whatever it may be, and you're like, what in the hell? How do I get a red jungle? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I would, uh, I've seen that with, um, I've seen that doing with some crosses that I've done with morphs and stuff is that you get, you get animals that, um, you know, I have, I'll give you an example. I have uh, from the citrus tiger that was crossed with an albino. Um, yeah. Some of the offspring could pass as jungles. I could absolutely sell them as jungles. Yeah, I would, wow. but I could. <laughs> you know, is that is that because we still kind of don't know what is in the high con bloodline, or was it because? Wasn't there a Hikon tiger mixed in with the citrus tiger kind of, or was it a normal Hikon or something like that? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess citrus tiger would be an example of like I would never t- well, okay, so that would be one of those topics where I don't necessarily look at them. I would never pawn them off as pure coastals. Yeah. Even though yeah. Me personally, personally, I think jungles and coastals are the same thing. <laughs> I think that they're just, um, you know, different uh, uh, localities. Different you know, I'm with you 100 uh, for what it's worth. Right. Yeah, I think that uh, you know all the pictures. I mean, think of all the pictures that Scott has shown us over in the chat room of of different localities of carpets. That if we were to look at them based off of what we no, as carpets here in the U.S., we would get it wrong every single time. You know what I mean? Yeah. We would say that this is a jungle, and it's not. You know, or we'd say that this is a coastal, and it's not. It's a jungle. You know, um, so I, I would never proclaim them to be pure um, coastals. I say that they're tigers simply because the lineage traces back to those original. Uh, tigers, right? Whether or not that's what is going, I, I don't know, man. I don't know, but I guarantee you, if I put them, if I was a flipper or a jobber or something like that, or if I sold them to somebody like that, like say I wholesaled them, I just you know yeah. gave to uh, to a guy to sell at a table at a show. I guarantee you, they would throw jungle on that uh, sticker, probably. Is there yeah. in the mindset of anything black and yellow is a jungle? So yeah. So yeah. yep. You should you should see what goes through. You guys are lucky up there. You should see what goes through Florida shows. It's only been the last couple of years there's been anything. Regarding <laughs> pretty much until two years ago, everything in Florida that was a covered python, unless it was a jaguar, it was automatically a jungle. Oh my god! I li- occasionally an Aryan giant. So wow, it, it is absolutely. Kind of nutty. Well, no, that's because the jungle jags kind of held on to their price tag a little bit better than coastal jags. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they were trying to do by labeling every jag a jungle jag. Well, at least they put jungle jag on it. I'm, I'm just saying, if you had a, a flat out, I mean, coastal IJ, pretty much the coastal IJs and jungles are crosses there of what you see most of. You just have yeah. a flat out coastal IJ. They literally just write jungle carp pipe on out. Oh, my God. Like, jungle person. We've only had, we have very few breeders down here. The last couple of years, it's gotten better. We had John Floyd for a while. We had a, uh, 
can't think of his name now. I'm having a complete Derek, Morelia Gold, Derek. John uh, John Webb. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But for yeah. most part, carpet. If you bought a carpet at a show, it it was a flipper. That was it. Eric well, wants to come down there, so go get him, Eric. Not- no, when I went to Daytona, um, mm-hmm. I remember we were walking around, and uh, one of the one of the jobbers had uh, diamond pythons on the table, and I've I've told yeah, this story I before. I saw them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they're they're pawning them off as pure diamonds, and you know what? They or... very well could be. You know, um, the thing of it is, is that what I was telling they they I think they were like four hundred bucks. And the person that was walking around there with me were like, oh, we're going to go buy them. And I said, why are you going to buy them? What are you buying them for? Oh, because I always wanted diamonds. And I'm like, okay, here's the problem. You're going to go and buy these animals, and then you're going to go and raise them up, and you're going to raise them up for six years, and then you're going to go to breed them, and you're going to have these beautiful babies that you know very possibly could be diamond pythons. But when you go to sell them, people are going to say, okay, what line is or what's the lineage, or where's the parents, where did you get the parents from? As soon as you say those three words, or four words, I bought them at a show. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> I, bought you know them I, mean? under, I bought them from these guys, and, uh, oh yeah, the second you say the jobber's name from where you bought them from, nobody wants, nobody wants to buy it. You know, diamonds, in my opinion, are the animals that you should be spending some big bucks on. So. Yeah. Um... What do you think about uh, lineage and pedigrees and stuff like that, uh, Dave? I'm all for them. I, I tell yeah. you, I've got a, out of about 50-ish snakes, I have 50, 55 snakes, I've got a handful of animals I can't track back a fair way, at least as far as carpets. Um, some of the odd stuff, i got a couple of animal tree boas that are um, born from imported gravid mothers and not. But the, almost all of my carpets I can track all the way back. I've got a I've got one girl that I kind of beat the story out of people that appears to have been stolen from somebody that I talked to. Oh. It's a weird story. I I talked to the breeder who confirmed that it's most likely his. I don't want to throw his name into it. Um, But um, I I can't really confirm anything on her. But most of them, even my crosses, um, I can trace back. I think it's, I mean, if you want, if you really want to get into selective breeding at all, um, I think it's an important thing to know. I mean, you know the kind of animals they come from, you know, because we just said you can have a, a clutch of animals and you have a pretty wide spectrum in that clutch, but it'll generally over the course of three or four generations, will, I won't say it'll average out, but, you know, you'll you'll start to come back to center, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or at least the center of where, depending what, obviously, if the, both of the parents of the animal are different, but you'll come back to center. So if you want to breed for, say, high yellow, or um, I actually like the high, I like the caramels with lots of black in them. So I tend to stray toward animals, striped caramels that have a lot of black in them. Because I think the bright golden colors the adults get when they have the black for contrast is, is smoking, just to my taste. Right. So I tend to, but that's something I'm kind of going for personally. So that's, I think it's good to know everything going back if you're in breeding. Again, if it's just a pet and you like the way the snake looks. That's all that matters. But give any intent on breeding. Yeah. Lineage is quite important. Yeah. So Sport. what about the what about the dreaded question? <laughs> how, how do you answer that dreaded question, what is my carpet python? 
I mean, what do you say to the new people that are listening, uh, uh, you know, that you would write on the, on the Facebook or something and how you approach that? What I actually, let me go back to what I, the latest version of this. That, that's a hard question to answer. It, it pretty much comes down to, the short answer is that if you don't know where the animal came from, you will never for sure know what the animal is past being a carpet python. And nowadays, if we're definitely going to distinct, I mean, it used to be when I, when I first started that there weren't enough red-like crosses out there to make it matter. But nowadays you could even have something that came, you know, especially with the jaguars and you get that the half of the clutch that doesn't have the jaguar gene. A lot of times, especially if it's from a jobber or a flipper who's just going to this for money, they just dump off the non-jags, you know, to whatever um, random wholesaler to get rid of them. And those float out there. So, I mean, you could, within the next few years, actually pop up with something that's possibly even 12% prevalent. But if you don't know what it is and you don't know the lineage of the animals you got it from, you will never 100% know for sure. All you're going to get right. is the best educated guess. And I can give you a good educated guess. You could probably give a better educated, uh, a better educated guess than I can. Um, but that's all it'll ever be, even from somebody like Nick Mutton. I mean, he, he'll give you an educated guess, maybe, but if he doesn't know exactly either, you know, you're just getting a more educated guess, I guess you would say. Yeah. Right. But that's <laughs> still being the operative term. Right. Right. So there is no way of knowing unless you know exactly where the animal came from. Jeez. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so what do you what do you uh, what do you recommend to somebody say that you know? Do you put anything in your article of you know at the end of reading it? Like, what's the what's the next step for somebody that wants to get into carpet pythons? I think the first step really is, and you can say it's about anything, but it's to determine what you want to do with it. You know, again, if it's something you're just looking for one awesome-looking pet snake and you like carpet pythons because they're a little bit more semi-arboreal and they move about and they're active and they're beautiful, then I don't think it matters much past if you get a healthy animal from um, somebody that's obviously caring for the animals. You're not getting getting something from a flipper and you're going to end up with mites and God knows what else. But past that, I mean, you can pretty much pick up whatever you want. If you have any intents on breeding for any any purpose, you know, whether you want to breed to be species-specific or whether you want to breed for more or you want to try and create the yellowest jungles or the blackest whatever, then you need to know what the lineage is and you should research the animals you're buying as much as possible. Otherwise, you're really yeah. wasting your money and you're wasting your time because you're going to get an animal that looks dark or looks high yellow and 75% of the babies will be smudged out. And, I'm, you know, we've all seen it. You know, I know it happens from animals from good lines too, but you know, you get the one random nice looking yellow animal out of a clutch of fifteen animals that kinda of look iffy. Yeah, you know. Selective breeding, obviously. Yellow animals make yellow animals, but you get an animal yeah. from a line that's proven to look like that, you're gonna end up with a much higher percentage of animals that look like that. So right. whatever your purpose being. But the main thing is to realize what you're buying and why you're buying it. I think, anyway. That's my two cents on it. <laughs> it's yeah. a good two cents. Yeah. So. I would and agree. I, and I would agree completely. Yeah. It's just one of those things of, like, you know, every snake can 
serve its own purposes. You got to know what you're work, what you're doing with it, and if you're going to breed it, it's kind of important that you know as much as you can about it. So, but let me throw on the flip side: if your purpose is just to buy a pretty snake for a pet, yeah, don't expect everybody else to tell you what it is. <laughs> exactly. Back to the original yeah. question. Yeah. I just bought the snake. I just wanted it for a pet. I really wanted to concerned about carpet pythons. But what is this? You know, we don't point, know. You what, yeah, we don't know. Yeah. If you want to know what it is, you need to find out what it is before you buy it. Exactly. You know, and it's okay, like, for somebody, you know, I think of this scenario, you know, uh, this probably applies to me. Um, originally, when I was getting into, you know, getting back into reptiles and stuff, you know, I was building up my collection, but at that time, I was basically fo- focusing on just having different pythons. Um, <clears throat> and I picked up what was sold to me as a jungle carpet python. And uh, I have no idea what that thing was, but it was not a jungle carpet <laughs> python. Um, it was huge. Uh, I think it was some kind of maybe diamond coastal cross or something like that, maybe right. somehow. But um, anyway, it was a pet snake. Um and again, I had I had no intentions on breeding it when I got into breeding and said, uh, you know, the more I got into it, going to MP, you know, and saying, whoa, there's more of this, is that, blah, blah, blah. Um, then I started to uh, really want to get into that side of it. Um, it's okay to have that animal as a pet, you know. <laughs> I had that thing for about, I don't know, 12 <laughs> years, 10 years, something like yeah. that. Um I never bred it, never produced it. Just it got me into carpets. Um, I never once posted up, uh, you know, what is my snake? Uh, mm-hmm. It would just be one of those things, uh, you know, I don't know what it is. Clearly, when I look at your jungle carpet python, it's not that. It's uh, not that. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so, you know, it's, it, I, I think, you know, if, if, I think most people that get, a carpet python, you know, and uh, are really a lot. I would say, what, what would you say? Nine times out of ten, they, they sort of get the addiction, and one turns into ten pretty rapidly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's been my experience. But, uh, <clears throat> um, you know, it's it's okay, and then you can have that animal as a pet, and you know the rest of your collection, you have more of a feel of, you know, of what carpet pythons are about. Um, I've still got my first, uh, the first carpet pythons to 2009 animal. I'm pretty sure that my quote-unquote jungle, my first quote-unquote mm. jungle, I'm pretty sure she's got an IJ I, I don't know. Right. I think it's an IJ coastal. I, I won't, I, I haven't posted a picture of her in probably four or five years since I right. started to figure out what I was doing and got some solid basis on it. But, well, there you go. Geez. She lives here. She's happy. She's awesome. Yeah. But what do you want out of it? Nothing. Yeah, I think mine. Mine was a two thousand and three. Two thousand and three was the first time I got a carpet python. Jeez. So that was uh, that was a while back. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Any other uh, you know thoughts on the topic that you want to throw out there, Dave? That we didn't hit on or. I think that pretty much, I think we've hit just about all of it. I mean, I think the most important thing is, you know, to realize what you're getting and why you're getting it. And, you know, I'm the kind of person that always wants to know as much as possible whatever I'm getting into. So yes. sometimes it 
it almost loses me that I don't think people don't care, but it, it, yeah. it kind of goes over my head. But if it, it really, if you just want a snake, that's fine. But if you want to know about it, you, there's it's a fairly in depth subject, so you should take a little time and you know, <laughs> do, a little little research. Research. Yeah. do a little research. Do a little bit of research, yeah. Luckily, the there's a book. <laughs> the book is fabulous. I actually, at the end of my article, I had to cite the book. I mean, it's the only thing I had to cite, but I was like, I, you know, I'd be lying if I, I didn't copy anything out of the book, but if I can't say that a lot of what I put in the article in my own words didn't come from information I learned from the complete carpet python, other than lie, yeah. you know. Yeah. It the, the, really, this article, I should just link to a for sale site for that book, because if, if you really <laughs> like the article, you're going to die with that book. Yeah. yeah, you should. Cool. Be so, cool. Uh, do you have? Uh, I, I, we'll hit on this before you before we jump off. But uh, anything cool this breeding season you got going on? Well, I'm gonna try. My my personal little obsession is striped caramels or caramel tigers, whichever <laughs> way they go. Um, I'm, I'm no, I'm not alone in that. But my first no. actual breeding in 2011 when I actually started assembling directly for a long-term breeding project, uh, that that was what I aimed at. Um, I, I think I just, I like the caramels anyway. Um, and then the other odd pairing that I'm kind of stoked for, and I'm not sure, I'm still not sure if I'm going to do it. Um, it's a luckily thing in Florida, we're actually just getting cold weather. So I'm actually, yeah. my brunnels are even just stopping eating at this point. Um, I have a, Caramel zebra jaguar female that I've been up in the air forever as to what to pair for. I think I'm going to, and this is a complete mutt integrates project, but both of the animals are integrates, which uh, we just determined aren't integrates, but are crosses. Right. Um, I'm going to put a 75% um, diamond from Headhunter, 2010 male hunter, I think. Get some caramel zebras and jaguars out of it. Get some diamond blood in it. Wow, so complete nutter luck project, but she's gorgeous and he's gorgeous. So, Is it okay? you know, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, across the bed. <laughs> I my have, wife uh, said, what? <laughs> I have similar thoughts on that project, but you think that uh, what what are your what do you hope for the outcome of that? Like caramel, what do you think the the caramel with the diamond and all that is gonna I do? Yeah. That the diamond, I mean, they'll end up being 37 and a half ish percent diamond. So you would tend to think that would brighten the caramel up, the golden colors the adults get anyway. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen enough of them to say that's an absolute certainty, but I've seen a few diamond, you know, diamond crosses. I haven't seen one that looks like it comes from as nice as a diamond cross as um, the one that I have. And uh, as well as the diamond zebras will look nice. Um, in essence, They'll have diamond jungle jags out of it as well. So kind of a, I, I'm thinking everything out of it should be a win-win-win. And even yeah. the, even the whatever percentage of normals I get should look nice. I, I would agree. I haven't actually physically done this yet, so I'm I'm not even sold on it 100. Hmm. So yeah, sounds good to me though. So. The other option is to put my. I have a really nice looking male zebra pure jungle that I may put in there as well. Right. But I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm real hyped up on making super zebras. Um, yeah. 
with their messed up tails. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love the way zebras look, but I don't. I don't even like. I, I, somebody will eventually produce some really, probably smoking super zebras at some point that I think look great. I don't even think, just in my case, the super right. zebras that great of looking at snakes. Right. This makes sense. Yeah, I, I think I think super zebras for me fall into one of those categories of you know just wanting to have the variation. You know. Um, I'm like when it comes to carpets, uh, I, I want it all. Like I dig it all, and why get a patternless snake when I can have a patternless carpet? You know what I mean? Like some, I think mm. the one topic we always bring up is like you know in the super zebra granite that it kind of looks like a uh, maclots python, but you know to me I have a carpet that looks like a maclots python, whereas a lot of people may say, you know, well why not just have a maclots python? Which yeah, that's good if you like Maclots pythons, but I prefer <laughs> carpet pythons. But I do I not. Do yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. kind of like that kind of idea. But I don't know. I I think that uh, they're one of those animals that kind of just fall into, you know, because I think the coolest thing about carpets is their pattern. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the variability, and you just wiped all that away. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I would agree. I think I think as selective breeding gets better, we'll have better looking super zebras too, though. Yeah, maybe the tail will be fixed. Yeah, I, that that seems from what information I can get, I think that's somehow genetically linked. I don't think. I, I can dream. So. <laughs> what are you hey, dreaming you about? Never know. The, the tail. Good tails on good tails on super zebras. Yep. Uh no, I think you're. I think you'll get some that have. Well, Jason, he produced one with perfect tail. Yeah, yeah so yeah. some of them do. I've heard. I know a few people have, but it seems to be a percentage in there. No matter what, kind of some kind of risk factor, just from yeah. the gene. Yeah, that's I, absolutely. Yeah, I would have. Absolutely linked to the gene, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. it's got a crooked tail. <laughs> well, most of them, most of them and, are quite healthy anyway. It's well below the cloaca, so yeah. And yeah, Jag's got a broken head, so it's okay, you know. <laughs> I would much okay. rather have a broken tail than a broken tail head. Tail than a, than a <laughs> fucked yeah. up nervous system, yeah. Or you could have a so. super zebra Jag that has a messed up tail and a messed up head. Everything's broken, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that whole animal's fucked. Yeah, but the middle of the snake looks gorgeous. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Box it and sell it, yeah. Well, I produced <laughs> what I thought, I think, well, I thought because it pet, it died, but it was a super caramel, super zebra jag, you know, and it was yeah. uh, it was pretty awesome looking, except it did have a messed up tail, um, and I, I don't know. I think it died because it had an enlarged heart, um, but it was you know. far too super for this world. It just had too <laughs> much super. It was yeah. super super. Yeah. It's too much exactly. super. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll happen. Cool. All right, Dave. Uh are you gonna post up a link anywhere to this or to this article? Uh, absolutely. I'll probably I'll probably go tomorrow because I'm actually gonna go back in now when we get off the phone. I'm making notes of what we just talked about. I'm gonna put that bit we just talked about the percentage bloodline bit in there. That's a cool. very good point that needs to be added. Well, there you go. I never, I never thought about how many people are probably thinking somehow that that actual people saying seventy five percent jungle very well might 
be the root cause of the reason that so many people thinking jungle is a morph. Right, yeah. that sounds, but that very well could be it. Somebody says, oh, it's 75% jungle. So it's 75% chance it's a jungle. Oh. I, <laughs> I, never even, I never even stumbled across that thought, honestly. Yeah. yeah. That needs to be one there. Cool. So, uh, where if uh, you know if you said you're going to have uh, offspring available soon, you want to throw up your uh, info or anything? Like, where can people find out what you got going on? Uh, I need to actually make a Facebook page. This will be the first year I've ever had much for sale, so I've been kind of lagging my feet on doing it. But I need to make a, an actual breeding business-ish page. Um, gotcha. They'll be on the standard Facebook pages. Uh, I'll put them through a, the Curb Python classified page and the breeder direct page and the various okay. other um, post them around. So Very anybody cool. that doesn't know where to find me can look me up on Facebook. I have about a thousand Asian reptile friends. All that should be moderately easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Cool. So yeah. yeah, when you, when you, uh, when you get your Facebook page, send it over to us and we'll be sure to make sure that uh, we share it and people can get to it and all that stuff. And when you get the, uh, the article up, um, let us know, and we'll point people in the direction and share it and all that kind of stuff. So, absolutely, I'll put it. I'll, I'll send it to you. We can put it up in the NPR group as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll, I'll pretty much once I'm done with it, I'll just splatter it everywhere, and you know, people can download it, share it, whatever they want to do, email it, link it, perfect, so forth. Cool. So, and I'll put I linked an email address in there so people can send me dirty emails about it. I <laughs> Inland pythons are actually the incorrect name because that refers to bread life. Gosh. <laughs> oh, That's the best argument my. I've had with anybody in years. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. That's great. Classic. Jesus. All right. Well, well, uh, week of my life. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to jump off. Uh Thanks, Dave, for coming on and uh, and chatting with us about uh, the dreaded question. You know, so appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks for having absolutely. me on. Thanks for the ideas. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Cool. You have a good All night, right. Dave. Have a good one, guys. You too. All right. All right. So hopefully, for all you newbie carpet python people. Um, we have uh, stop asking us questions now. So <laughs> put to rest uh, some of your questions. Now I'm I'm a hundred percent agree that uh, you know it's funny. I was looking at our statistics from shows and whatnot, and mm-hmm. uh, you know over the break trying to get a feel for you know what what people are looking for. And I'll tell you what, yeah. Uh, yeah. there's a couple of them that we have done that you know it surprises me that. They're the highest rated ones, That's which, tells bank. Me, yeah. which tells me a couple things. One, that more and more people are coming to, into carpet pythons, and they're looking uh-huh. for knowledge on the on the topic. Um, you know, we did a carpet python uh, myth debunked show. We did carpet python breeding 101. Uh, we did carpet python complex 101, where we went through each of the subspecies and all that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important, whereas, like, you know, maybe some of the uh, people that are more advanced in keeping and stuff may find um, shows like this maybe 
boring or, you know, something that they don't need. I always learn something from everything, even if it's something that I've I've heard before. Um, yeah. Which is why I and, wanted to... And the good thing Go is that through, through reading what Dave wrote, you can now, now when you're at a show, you can maybe explain it to your customers a little bit easier in a way that they can understand it. Because my big thing is it's really hard to explain to people, like, the differences in subspecies and not use the terms of, like, you know a jungle is a jungle, right? It's, like, it, it it's difficult. So read the thing, and then maybe you can find a new way of explaining these things to the typical layman. So, and everyone's better for it. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm into the mindset of trying to grow the community, trying to make – uh, make it, it, which is which is good for the people that breed and um, you know some people do this as a living, some people do it as a hobby. Regardless of where you fall, you know um, more people coming into carpets, I think, is better uh, for carpets overall. Um, and you want them to have the right information. Unfortunately, problem is now is that you know in our day, MP was the spot where you would go, which was kind of all the information was kind of in a one area. Today, I mean, there must be maybe, what, 50, 60 different carpet python groups, you know, yes. on Facebook, which makes it difficult to, you know, who's, what group is the right group, and, you know, where am I going to get their information about this? Because, unfortunately, when it comes to carpets, which we sort of hit on a little bit, uh, you'll see that there's there's many topics that are up for debate, and different people think different ways. So you could go to one group and they think this, you know, and another group thinks something totally different. So, um, you know, that's kind of why we have the show. So, <laughs> you know, uh, share the show, and uh, for people that have questions on some of those older uh, topics, I think that uh, you know. There's a lot of info that we put on those, and I think that, uh, you know, people can get stuff out of it. And uh, we'll right. be doing more of those, you know, more more of those type of topics. My next one that we're trying to tackle um, in the gene uh, category is caramel. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I'm doing some research now, so hopefully in the next couple of months. Start that fight. Awesome. Let's have yeah. fun with this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think I don't know. I don't know what you think, Owen, but I think we should probably lump caramel, the red, uh, into one show since they kind of like, you know. No, I refuse. Two separate shows. (laughs) In two separate years, like we can do the caramel Uh, in sixteen. We had to wait till seventeen to do the red. (laughs) To do the red. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We're locked in at least till two thousand seventeen. Then. Yeah. 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 One of the things that I was going to say before we started uh, that I'm pretty excited about is that, um, uh, and I know this is a bit away, but on March 3rd, we're going to have uh, our good friend Darren Whitaker coming to join us. Uh, And one of the main topics of discussion that we're going to have is silver peppered inlands. And how he can get us a, a few? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, coming up. Um, well, it's March first, uh, March second for him in Australia, but March 
March 1st for us. Um, so, yeah, so that's cool. I'm excited about that. Very cool. Uh, let's see. I'll get the closing list, and we will rock it out of here. So next week, uh, we have uh, Keith McPeak joining us. Uh, we're going to be talking Bowens Pythons. Uh, if some of you nice. remember, he was on the Bowens Roundtable. Um, he had a lot of, um, I thought he was an awesome guest, uh, and so much so that I wanted to get him one-on-one and, uh, talk about bones and his approach to bones and caging and, and all these different things that, uh, uh, that, uh, he has, uh, going on for bones. If you don't know about Keith, one of the things is that he was, uh, you know, and he said it on the show, he's very much into short tail pythons. Um, and made quite a name for himself in that uh, in that group, um, breeding some awesome stuff. So, you know, he's focused on Bowens now, and uh, I, I look forward to talking to him. I think it will be a, be a good show. So that's next week. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you have any questions for Keith uh, about Bowens pythons or anything that, uh, you know, um, you think would be of interest to hit on, then be sure to send it to uh, info at moreliapythonradio.com and uh, we'll get it out there. Um, One of the uh, shout-outs I wanted to give real quick is uh, there's a Facebook group um, that uh, just popped up over the break. What the hell are you doing? Making lunch over there or what? Nothing. I'm standing (laughs) around. I'm just listening to you talk. What are you doing? It sounds like you're opening up a tin of mints. What? I'm not. Do- I am not doing anything. I swear, I'm just standing here. Oh, jeez. Uh, Focus. Wrap up the show. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this shout out is to uh, this. Uh, it's a pretty cool group that had popped up. It's called Carpet Python Discussion Board. Um, it's had some uh, pretty good, uh, you know, topics that they've talked about and different uh, trains of thought um, and all relating to carpet pythons. So uh, if you are not a member, you're interested in some of that, you should go check it out. Look up carpet pythons. Did you pythons. add me to this group already? It looks like you did. I yeah. did. What you were I not you a member. That. Yeah. And I thought, ah, well, if we're going to talk about it, you might as well be a member. You can exit. If, if I'm going to be here, Owen will be here. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! So, All uh, right. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's it's a pretty cool group. Um, cool. Now, as far as us, <coughs> excuse me, Borelia Python. Hold on, I need some water. Oh my gosh. Okay, Talk we'll wait. You. We'll we'll pause. It's kind of yeah. in the middle of this. We'll wait uh, if you for like, you. <laughs> if you like the podcast and you want to learn more about Morelia, then check out MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Uh, we talked about morphs and such, uh, you know, and you'll see it in uh, Dave's article. Uh, but if you want to get an idea and in pictures what the carpet python complex is, as well as the carpet python morphs that are out there, uh, you can go over and check that out on moreliapythonradio.com. Um, if you have any questions or comments about the show, future guests, send us an email at info at moreliapythonradio.com. Uh, you can check out our Facebook page, which is Morelia Python Radio. Be sure to give us a like. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, if that's your thing, at Morelia Python. Uh, you you can also, I guess to get the show, you can get it on iTunes or whatever podcast app uh, you happen to use. 
And uh, do us a favor and spread the word about the shows by sharing it mm-hmm. on Facebook. You know, uh, we never really did that. Ask much. for that? Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, especially with this topic and whatnot, share it out there. Share it. Share it all over the place. Um, we appreciate it, and the breeders that come on and volunteer their time, uh, they appreciate it as well. So, uh, yeah. And then as far as myself, uh, my website is ebmorelia.com, and my email is eric at ebmorelia. You can check out my Facebook page at ebmorelia, and you can see what we have going on as far as breeding-wise. I'm kind of closed for shipping, so um, I don't know. I've I've been toying with the idea of putting things up, so in case people want to go on payment plans and stuff like that, they could do that you know, through the winter, and then uh, we'll get it shipped out in the spring. But, uh, yeah, uh, other than that, it's pretty much shut down here now because it's negative two degrees. Not a good mm-hmm. idea to ship <laughs> in negative mm-hmm. two degrees. Uh, so, uh, yeah, ebmorelia.com, and, um, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Um, for me, you guys can go to rogue-reptiles.com. And you can go on to and uh, look up Rogue Reptiles on Facebook.com. Right now, I have a few animals up, but not a lot. And if you want it, you're either coming to get it or you're going to meet me at a show. Um, the next show that we have is February 27th. Like I said, there's no shipping, none at all, not until it warms up here. Um, so if you would like an animal and you want to be put on a payment plan, we can do that. Or you either have to pick it up at a show or pick it up at my house. Anyway, uh, also on the Facebook page and on uh, Rogue's website, you can see all the breeding schedules that we have, um, the breeding diaries. We have everybody's paired up at this point. We're trying to get something cooking here despite the uh, weather, and we'll let you guys know how that progresses as we get further on. Uh, that's all I got, and that's all we got. So what I'll say is thank you all for listening. Welcome back to Morelia Python Radio. Uh, we're looking forward to a 2016 season, and we hope to see you all next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night. Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of ProExoc. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Markland and I created the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit thereptilereport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is it's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our Buy It Now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad that also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buying or selling? Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. 
ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder, then visit ShipYourReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related. 